guys, welcome back to the final day of the Let's Fight a Boss game of the year. Now, we have some, we probably have some new listeners this year who maybe haven't listened to us do a game of the year before. And the way this works is we use the old school giant bomb way. This is a way so violent, so brutal, and so bloody that everyone else is too fucking scurred. Scurred? Yep. Scared. Mm -hmm. That's when you're really scared. So the way it is, we got 50 games here that we have 50 games that released in 2019 and one by one we are going to cut each one of them until we have only one left and that game will be crowned the Let's Fight a Boss Game of the Year Champion. So I'm going to start by going through this year's nominations. Oh, wait. We should make a note about spoilers. There's going to be loads. Yeah. All of them, even. Mm -hmm. I, you know what? We're giving you such a strong spoiler now. I might just go out of my way to spoil some shit. Yeah. It might not even be relevant. I'm not going to do that. But, yeah, we are going to talk about these games in depth. If some, If we need to, like, spoil one to make a point, we will. So keep that in mind. Hi, this is Brian. Brian's also here. Oh, and this is Neve. And this is John. <laughs> I just wanna I just wanna get that energy, that real awkward energy going. Okay. We have fifty games. Fifty games. That's a, a nice real number. Yeah. Not one of them fake numbers, like twenty eight. Where did that come from? Yeah, what's all that about? Yeah, I don't know at all. It's like a four sevens, get out of here. <laughs> um okay. I'm going to start reading down this year's list of nominations and at some point I'll pass off to you. A Plague Tale, Innocence, Anodyne 2, Ape Out, Apex Legends, Astral Chain, Baba Is You, Blasphemous, Cadence of Hyrule, Catherine Full Body, Control, Devil May Cry 5, Days Gone, Death Stranding, Devotion, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Gato Roboto, Indivisible, Judgment, Kitana Zero, Knights and Bikes, Luigi's Mansion. Neve, why don't you take it from there? Man of Medan, Mamadora, Reverie Under the Moonlight, Mortal Kombat 11, Ninja Warriors Once Again, Observation. Oh, wait, no. That's actually been changed to What the Golf. What? what what's changed to What the Golf? Um, Ninja, Ninja Warriors, Warriors Once Again has been oh. changed to What the Golf. The dock, unfortunately, did not update for all of us. Okay. That's we're, the only change. We're so sorry, everybody. We're so sorry, everybody. <laughs> Observation, One Piece, World Seeker, Ori in the Blind Forest, Outer Wilds, Outer Worlds, Resident Evil 2, River City Girls, Brian, take it away. Sagebrush, Samurai Showdown, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, Super Kirby Clash, Super Mario Maker 2, Tabs, Totally Accurate Battle Simulator. Thank you. Tetris 99, The Glass Staircase, The Sinking City, the Friends of Ringo Ishikawa. Oh my god. <laughs> Earl, Back in the Groove. Travis Strikes Again. No More Heroes. Untitled Goose Game. Wargroove. Yokai Watch Tree. Yoshi's Crafted World. And Zelda Link's Awakening Remake. That's 50 games. The so. Yeah, sorry. What? Okay. Just sorry, everybody. It's gonna get real. Oh uh, no! Yeah, this is gonna get bad. We're probably gonna fight. This is gonna get shitty. Yeah, no, we're still like we all have to go to dinner tomorrow. 
So we're probably going to make it like we have to because our, our, our girlfriends kind of locked us in. Our girlfriends are making us go to dinner despite, you know. Yeah, despite what's about to happen. Yep. But um, I believe it's my turn to make the first cut this year. You've been past the ceremonial dagger. It is sharp. What are you going to cut? So my policy with cutting at least in the early game, is not really to go for the games I dislike. It's to go for the ones that just did absolutely nothing for me. And for that reason, I'm going to cut Sayonara Wild Hearts. This game is like an hour and a half long. I was so fucking bored the entire time. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I think that's impressive. I think, you know what we were saying about Cadence of Hyrule and um, Devil May Cry 5 on the pre-show, Brian? Yeah. This did not do that, and it's a rhythm game for me. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, I really didn't enjoy anything about it, even the aesthetic or music, even though I thought I was. I bet there's people who love this game. It's And if you like rhythm games, you should give it a look, because I know some people do like it. This game did less than nothing for me, and when I finished it, I just felt like I wish I had played anything else. <laughs> Do we go clockwise? Do we go anti-clockwise? Um, I guess I'm going to pass it to you, Brian, because I know you've, you're have you really chomping at the bit to cut one. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to cut my least favorite game of the year, and that's Days Gone. No, I wanted to cut Days Gone. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> you can't both cut Days okay, Gone. Okay, okay. <laughs> it sucks that Days Gone isn't number 50 either. Yeah, okay, hang yeah. on, hang on. I, I'm just going to get out my notes because I've got like three stinkers. I mean, if you guys really want to make it number 50, I, I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll do a switcheroo. Okay, well, how about we make Days Gone number 50 and then we'll we'll jump back to it? Is that okay? So then Sayonara Wild Hearts is number 49. I'm okay with that. It's okay. just like Days Gone. Yeah, we'll get to it. Okay, then I am going to cut. Wait, no, you already cut something. No, I'm. he's giving me Days Gone to cut. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to cut Super Kirby Clash. Yeah, I was nearly going to cut this myself. Yeah, this game is disgusting. Uh, shameful mobile game used using a kid-friendly brand, which is something I do not agree with at all. And it is Nintendo making this. Well, I guess HAL Laboratory via Nintendo on the Nintendo Switch. Um, I think porting something like a mobile game to Switch uh, has started happening recently because the Switch is selling so well. It's getting a lot of shovelware on it. It's so weird to see first-party AAA polished shovelware. Um, reuses all the assets from the 2017 game Kirby Star Allies. Doesn't add anything new to it. And it is possible to beat it as a free-to-play game, but you're incentivized to pay to beat it faster. Uh, pressuring a player, probably a child... There's no main menu, uh, uses uh, addictive gaming techniques. Sounds like a it's, it's stinker, a real stinker. Yeah. yeah, it's a scummy game. Okay. That sounds good to me. So then my cut, which is 50, and it's the first one, but I'm going to say a few things about it. Oh, dear. It's, it's such a, like, it's just such a vapid, boring story. Deacon has absolutely no growth in it whatsoever. He is a person who loves authority and never learns to not love it, even though you think multiple times this is his moment for growth. It just never happens. 
the use of minority characters seems like the game was like, man, this seems kind of racist and like a prepper wet dream. Better throw in some LGBT characters in there. LGBT characters who are like a lesbian couple who just spend their time yelling at each other and one that wants to fuck Deacon. Like you've seen that hat. <laughs> Have you seen his horrible stinky hat? I don't know. I'd let him ride me like he rides that bike. That was the line in it, right? Yep. That was the line in it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like some of the cutscenes, like the wedding scene, you thought that would be kind of a kitschy fun moment. There was just not enough. It took itself so self-serious. Like there was no, no understanding of what they were writing and it just failed utterly as a narrative. And that's what drives you through this game. It is a narrative-based game that drives you through its extremely long runtime. The gameplay takes way too long to get fun. The weapons are take way too long to unlock. Once you do unlock things, it gets more entertaining. It's just a hodgepodge, messy, un- unfocused game. Neve sounds Absolutely. like a real winner. Yeah. Yeah, if you like, if you're like, if you if you imagine yourself as someone who uh, is like, I'd survive a dystopia, <laughs> then maybe you'll like this. And you know, but honestly, just shite. Like, yeah, just a shite game. I I I've got a few things I want to go say. ahead. Go, Brian. Um, I can't think of anything positive to say about this game. <laughs> That's my first thing I want to say about Days Gone. Uh, it's an unoriginal uh, third-person action vehicle game with a skill tree you know what kind of game i'm talking talking about it doesn't add anything new to Is that you brian you said the thing yeah this but... year about like i'm just sick of third person action games with skill trees yeah i think about that a lot yeah it's just i think that's like the real fatigue i have from this decade of gaming it's just i need a break from that this days gone was the one that really fucking pushed mm-hmm. it for me i only re- <laughs> excuse me i only really like skill trees now when it's like like giving you new options like oh you've unlocked an ability and now you can do this i hate any skill tree where it's like plus 10 percent ammo yeah so there's that aspect to it then there's also the oversaturated zombie apocalypse genre doesn't add anything new to dash at all no it really doesn't and freakers like it doesn't try and discuss the idea of freakers in any kind of social or critical way at all. There's no thought that these were people and stuff like no, that. No, yeah. they're just, they're like, and the most interesting thing Days Gone is it does the swarming, but that gets annoying after the first time you deal with a swarm. Yeah, like, it, it's, it's just a tech demo with that stuff. Um, the game takes place on planet Earth and features humans. It has no sense of the geography of planet earth they really offended you with that didn't they Brian? it pissed me off right the fuck off i don't know why the further south you head the snowier it gets yeah it's annoying even i noticed it i felt weird like i was just like why (laughs) yeah and like the game was made in oregon and the game takes place in oregon would they not look out the window (laughs) i'm sure there was staff on it were like hang on a sec and someone was like no no this is what it's supposed to look like. Um, the complete lack of detail for a big budget first party game. Uh, as Neil was saying, there's very few enemy varieties and behavior. Deacon doesn't have a flashlight for his light cone. Oh, it, that's bad. It, mm-hmm. It's just, it lacks subtle detail. So basi- so if you guys haven't seen the GIF of this, it's basically 
like if you stand Deacon still and rotate the camera around him, the light will follow your camera, but yep. Deacon won't move. So all of a sudden, the light is literally there's a like a flashlight shine behind him, even though his his like flashlight is on his front. He doesn't even have a model of the flashlight. There's just an icon um that that you click on, but there's no model for a flashlight. It's just a glowing orb that rotates around him. You yep. want to talk about a great flashlight? Resident Evil 2, baby. Yeah. Resident Evil 2 remake. Yeah, it's just like, this is this already exists. And just the fact that the main character doesn't have a version of his head model without the baseball cap. So it's used in every single scene, including the wedding. It's a character trait. But, he doesn't like not wearing his hat. What do you two not get about this? There's just, there's nothing to this guy. Yeah. Like, I struggle to under... Like, if someone was like, what's that story? I don't know. I don't know. A days, bad game. Days gone indeed. Yeah. Um, Jam and Earl, back in the groove. Aww. Oh. Why? You just seemed excited about it. I was. Um, But here's the problem with this game, right? It's fine. It's it's grand. Like, it really understands what made the original Jam and Earl great. But... There's also absolutely nothing here that makes me want to play this over that game. You know? Like, the pixel art in the original Toe Jam Girl was really cool. This is kind of vectory art. Everything looks like it's kind of drawn on a piece of cardboard, but maybe not intentionally. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, and it's grand, but it's pointless. Um, So that's all I really got to say about that one. Brian. Uh, that, my next one would be One Piece World Seeker. Sure. Um, someone who loves One Piece and owns a lot of One Piece games. It's a bit of a, a gamble with licensed games. Sometimes you get real gems like the Pirate Warrior series, and other times you get One Piece World Seeker. Um, it's not fun to play. You don't feel like you're L- Monkey D. Luffy from the series One Piece, which is its biggest problem. Uh, does have some nice graphics and music, but um. And I I wish the idea of a Luffy sandbox game was good or yeah. was well executed, but unfortunately it is not in this game. When you think about the stuff they could do with like navigating through a three dimensional space as Luffy, shit, that'd be great. Like he's got detective vision in it. Are you serious? Like he uses hacky and it's the Batman Arkham detective vision. I can't think of any character less suited to detective vision than Luffy. Yeah, and it, it's just, it's not fun to play. Yep, I think that's that's pretty reasonable. Neve, Um I'm going to cut Catherine Full Body. Yeah. Sure. Um, oh, I, actually, I beat Catherine just there and I got the good ending. Yeah. There's one good ending in, Cap- in Catherine and it's that uh, he decides to go with his original girlfriend, Catherine, with a K. She breaks up with him on the spot, so he is nobody. At this point, the other Catherine has become a, a was, was was never real and was a figment of his imagination. Rin has completely exited his life, and the main character, Vincent, has nobody, and Catherine decides to live a better life and just dumps him on the spot and doesn't want to continue good for her yeah that seems like the right move i really 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 like the ending to that one particular route is that considered the good ending for me it is (laughs) (laughs) i i'm I'm glad that ending exists because and i'm glad that's the one i got that was probably the highlight of the game was that i got the correct ending um 
Okay, my next one. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Neve, your turn. No, I, I oh, could. Oh, sorry. Katya. I, it's you. Uh, my next one is going to be Sagebrush. Um, this was a game about uh, going to basically the site of an old cult and unraveling what's going to happen through like environmental exploration. Favorite thing about this game is the look. It's like all low res textures and stuff, but like with kind of modern lighting, and it looks beautiful. Um, I keep saying this when I talk about this game. This would have been an incredible game six years ago, but I feel like environmental games have come on so long since then, and especially since there is another environmental exploration game that talks about the damage of cults and delusion and it's not even just that i think like it's a better produced game i think it just goes so much deeper in its discussion of how damaging and insidious like believing in things that aren't real can be and so this was a fun like i I don't hate this game at all this i thought this was a fun this is like an enjoyable enough like hour and a half, two hour game, but I it's not going any further than this. Okay, it's me. It's you, Brian. Okay, uh, Yokai Watch Tree. Uh, this Aww. is a 3DS game released in 2019. We're kind of in that portion of the list where it's like, oh no, really? Yeah. Um, I really, really like the Yokai Watch series. You do. Um, Yokai Watch Tree. Uh, takes place in America. Uh, but I think it's called Barbecue, but it's meant to be America. I, I love when Japan tries to do America. I I just think it's great. I love when they try to do the West. It's just one one of my favorite things. But my favorite thing about Yokai Watch is the childhood suburban Japanese simulator. I Yep, okay. And I get that 100%. Wandering around the suburbs of Japan and making sure you get on the train and getting on the right stop, getting off the other stop, and just the peacefulness. And this has it, but it's not Japan. It's not Japan. It's not yeah. Japan. Yeah. I don't want to go to some gaijin land. No. Um, like, lovely game, but that's where it goes. Um I think it's nice that the 3DS has a game in 2019. There, there, actually, the, there, there's, there's been a couple of 3DS games in 2019. There was... Um, I think the most recent one was that Persona Q Labyrinth 2 game that came oh out over the God, summer. Oh my God, I didn't hear a whisper about that. Yeah, and the 3DS lasted the whole decade, which is pretty good. Tell the console. And Neve. I'm going to cut Tetris 99. Yeah, I think it's like a really cool, fun concept to do battle royale, uh, royale Tetris. Um, but it's Tetris, and there's more interesting games here. There is. Um, when it first came out, you couldn't actually play Tetris, Tetris on it. Like the only game you could play was Tetris Ninety Nine, which was like a very different game to the core Tetris. Um, and I think it's a fun idea. It's extremely addictive. I had to delete it from my Switch. Love when games get to that point. Yeah. Um, or you're like, get this away from me. And yeah, it got me curious about the battle royale genre. And it was a fun experiment, but that's all it is. Cool. Um, I'm going to cut the glass staircase. I watched you stream this. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> um, I liked this game, but... It was also one of those games where when I looked back on the games I had played this year, I had to stare at this and be like, what the fuck was the glass staircase? Um, 
very old school like ps1 style survival horror basically you're this group of orphans in a weird house and you're all dressed in this bizarre like pink skirt pink like dress thing and one by one you take control of one and you explore the house and something awful happens to them and it keeps going like that um quite difficult to find your way around like maybe with a lot of with indie projects like this sometimes it's so hard to know what's intentional or what's not but no matter what was intentional i didn't enjoy some of the roadblocks i felt like i walked into um there was one absolutely killer boss fight and it was just against the boss was just a naked girl with a knife and it was so scary um and the controls are so bad and your aim is so bad and she kills you in like three hits and it's all like it's all very specific camera angles so you can never see in the room where she is i thought that was great it's it's a cool game um i really want to check out more puppet combo stuff but uh, this is as far as it goes yeah what number is that that is 41 so that's the first 10 games cut cool and i think it's nice that the the last staircase you know we're, we're like getting into the the nice games yeah these are all games that like yeah yeah like, this we're, we're actually out of the shit zone already yeah there wasn't that many games we really hated this year you know mm. there's some games on this list that elicit very strong negative emotions in me but i'm kind of just dealing with it <laughs> i'm not even talking about your your guys games <laughs> okay that's interesting um brian okay so number 40 okay so this is where i'm gonna look at games i played and games i haven't played and i'm, I'm gonna, yeah like this is where i'm gonna have to start testing the water on things that's all right um, I think between 40 and 30, we're going to be looking at games like Ape Out. Is that fair? Uh, I think or, Ape Out is your game, Neve. I played it. I bought it. I, I didn't like it at all. Yeah. I th- I feel like for me, there's other ones I'd cut before Ape Out. Oh, yeah. No, no, absolutely. I'm, 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 I'm just I'm just looking mm. at like the next 10 games. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm just going through it al- 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 alphabetically. Like, um, is what the golf good, John? Yeah. yeah okay. No. We'll leave that alone. Observation is that good, Neve? Yeah. Uh, Katana Zero, John. What if I offered you the friends of Ringo Ishikawa? Sure. Um, this is a 2D open world game. It's actually really beautiful. It's a really sad little game about fighting and being a Japanese delinquent. And a lot of it's about knowing that there is nothing on the other end of this education system for you. That basically you're a teenager and your life's over. And it's kind of fantastic, honestly. Like, um, There's a part of me that really loves what they're doing. It's not very fun to play and you have to slog through a lot to get to those moments. And there's a lot... Where the game just feels kind of aimless and you're just wandering around a kind of suburban kind of Japanese city. And maybe that's the point, you know, maybe that's what it's meant to feel like. And I think I'm going to go back to this game at some point and look more at it. But I think where I am with this game right now, it's here. Um, if, if, If people are curious about it, please check it out. It is cool, but I can't in good conscience really let it go much further than some of the other games on this list. Okay. 
Um, I'm. How are you feeling about Samurai Showdown? I'll give you a. I'll give you Samurai Zero before Samurai or okay. Katana Zero before Samurai Showdown. Oh. Um. You know what? Let's go with observation. What is observation? Observation is the one where you're on the really hyper realistic space station, and you play as the AI orb. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Right, it, look, right. it looks really, really nice. It looks really, really good. If you love space stuff and space stations, this game is just good to see visually. It kind of like like by the end of it, it kind of plays into its old tropes. There's a good scene, and I'm going to spoil it here. So if you don't want to know what this is, tough titties, uh, tough titties. Um, so it's like. It's a little on the nose in the sense that you, you're the AI and you're trying to bring a astronaut through the world and then you kind of look around while she's talking to you and you find her body in the corner and you're like, but how is she talking to me? So it's like, it's very interdimensional multiverse kind of stuff. Oh, and it's a good moment, but it's also like it was the moment where I was like, "Oh, I know exactly what this is." Like it, it was very, it's playing into all those tropes, kind of thing, right? But uh, but a fun game, very visually stunning. I can't let it go further because my recommendation with it all the time is to play it with a guide. Those. Puzzles uh, aren't particularly okay. fun yeah. to do, and sometimes they're obtuse, and it's hard to find what you're actually looking for. But the story's good, and like it looks great, so play it with a guide. And I think that's probably, you know, not great for a game to be unfun to play. Yeah, without yeah. one, the gameplay is very important in the game. <laughs> Who figured? So yeah. observation out of thirty nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we're starting to get into it. I think my next cut is going to be Katana Zero. Um, I think this is going to be some people's game of the year. I think some people will absolutely love this game. For me, it was a great looking game with a really cool soundtrack and an absolute like... Um, my brain is saying one hit pony? One trick pony? Yeah, it's a one trick it's pony a one and hit, a one hit one, wonder. <laughs> it's a one hit pony, a one trick wonder. And um, what it does, it does good in like you kind of slowing down time and mapping out what you're going to do. That's just kind of cool. Um, there's other games that I think have done it better and it went on for very long. The story was really cool like, and there were some really cool characters in it but it was also a little bit indecipherable. You know what I mean? Um, there's so many cool things about this game. It maybe feels like less than the sum of its parts. Do you ever play a game like that where it's like individually you really appreciate all these things but it just doesn't come together in a way that really hits you and unfortunately that's kind of just where i'm at with this game still good i'd have no trouble recommending it especially if people like kind of kind of neon pixel art kind of games it's one of them it's cool but this is as far as it goes brian um i'm not picking i'm, I'm, I'm not picking the game just yet but our man of medan and the sinking city two different games <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, okay, they are. <laughs> okay, I'm just making sure. Okay. okay. All right. Um, and do we like the Outer Wilds? I mean, part of me respects the shit out of that game. And I feel like maybe it should go further on that. 
But I mean, if we're getting into it, like, oh, um, that would be so wild for that to be cut here because okay. I think that's going to be a lot of places. I like game if, of the year. The thing is, okay, if sure, it's not sure. getting cut here, I don't know how much further it's going to make it. Well, like, just because I don't think anyone here is going to fight for it. I think you can you can take out the sinking city if you want, Brian. Are you sure? Yeah. Um. Okay, so that's the sinking city at number thirty-seven. The Sinking City is uh, not a bad game. It's it's a Cthulhu Lovecraftian story again, but that's kind of what the problem with it is. Nearly, it's it feels like familiar ground, and what it does try and do differently, like it's very investigative focused, which which I enjoyed a lot, and I like that you have to travel around a sinking city by both, and a lot of the stuff it tr- does with like just the monsters they do seem scary and weird and sometimes there was little kind of silent hill moments where there'd be like a really gross monster that was like two feet and just no nothing else going on two feet just like two kind of legs with no torso kind of thing that would spit shit at you oh no imagine imagine that imagine you saw that like late one night just in a pair of jeans and it started sprinting at you (laughs) and it kept trying to kick you but specifically in the bottom i'd be so bothered leave my bottom alone no like it's it's constantly scampering around to your Mm -hmm. backside uh, so, like, The Sinking City isn't a bad game by any means. What it does well, it does pretty well. I think the choice of kind of um, a male protagonist just was kind of a little boring. I don't know. It was just... It didn't do anything new in a way that was a little disappointing, but I had fun while playing it, but not so much that I would fight for it over anything else, you know? Sure. Neve, now it's your go. to <laughs> you. Um. Hmm. Do we like Apex Legends? I like that game quite a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I. I do like Respawn. They make. They make a damn good game. There's like. I don't think they've ever really done anything that good up until now. Hey, Titanfall but, 2 is um, really good. I've never heard of that game. But I'm glad that whatever whatever little kind of indie project they were working on before they've abandoned for Apex Legends. No. Um, Man of Medan. Yeah. Yeah. This is... Um, you P- seem pretty down on that game. Yeah, I'm I was... actually surprised to see... I'm surprised to see Sinking City quite before that. Yeah, maybe. You know, I don't know. Like, Sinking City didn't manage to hold me. Man of Medan was kind of, it felt like a little bit of a lost opportunity. Like the idea of an anthology until dawn was really, really cool. And this is the first one in it. And it just did not live up to the kind of fun campiness of until dawn. Is Man of Medan the name of the anthology series? No, Dark Pictures is the name of the anthology. So this is like Dark Pictures, Man of Medan. Right. What's the monster in this? It's a ghost ship. Okay. And pirates. Yeah. Honestly, pirates mostly more than the ghosts. We talking Yarr. like ghost pirates? No, just actual pirates. Just right. real you pirates. Remember that bit in Berserk where Guts just starts feuding with ghost pirates and he just kicks the shit out of them for like 60 chapters. And, he's really and then strong. the story continues. <laughs> and that's it. Sorry, Neve. 
what it kind of does with co-op it was great that they introduced it because that's how people like to play these games is with mm. friends and they introduced loads of different ways to do it and that stuff sounded cool until you actually told me about what it involved yeah it, it kind of gave away some of the twists a lot of the time and made it very easy I lost no one in that game at all and until dawn was a massacre like barely got oh, anyone yeah. out I'm alive I'm thinking I'm gonna restart until dawn again yeah <laughs> because that... the girl I liked in it died I kind of want to go and replay Until Dawn because Man of Medan just did not scratch that itch. Oh, that sucks. But uh, I'm I'm really I'm looking forward to the next one. Man of Medan wasn't awful. It just didn't reach the heights I think people wanted it to, and it, to me, it was a disappointment for that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna cut Mortal Kombat 11. Okay. Um, I liked this game quite a lot. Um, I think it's the, like this is the third in this trilogy of Mortal Kombat games. And I think it's very difficult for them to keep a, game, a fighting game fresh like that. I don't like some of the changes they've made in terms of the gameplay. Uh, basically now there's this whole thing where you can like pick your moves of each character and you have points to allocate to which moves you want. Some moves are more powerful than others. And I actually just, I preferred it in the previous version where each there's three different versions of each character. I thought they got a lot of character out of that. I think some of that's lost in this, you know. So like, you know, one of Johnny like uh, Johnny C- Johnny Cage's would be like, um, you know, Jiquando, and then another one would be like stunt double, and then another one like it was cool, and that's gone from this. And um, that said, the the new boss Kronos is fucking awesome. Like, it's really cool to see just like a hyper intimidating female fighting game character. Uh, the fatalities are absolutely fantastic. Um, I went into it wondering because like. I've played a lot of Mortal Kombat at this point. I've seen a lot of fatalities. I was like, what more can they really do? And that really... <laughs> There's this one character who... Um, I can't... I'm totally blanking on his name. But he can control sand and stuff. And there's this one where he traps you in a pillar of sand. So it's like you're flat against a pillar of sand and you can't move. And he just grabs the top corner of your head and rips the front layer of your skin off. Uh- yeah. Never seen that before. Um, uh, the story mode was great. It was really, really fun. I wish Ronda Rousey wasn't in it. Um, for a lot of reasons. Um, but, you know, it was a Mortal Kombat game that came out. I played it for two weeks. I messed around with some of the characters. And that was it for me. And it's a really solid, great game. And I have so much um, I have so much respect for Netherrealm and how they've how they have kept the Mortal Kombat series alive. I think in some ways they've done it better than any other ongoing fighting game. And that's really impressive. Yeah. Fair play to them. Brian. Okay. I've got some of my own games. I got some other games. Um, Anodyne 2. Is that good, John? Ah, uh, that's fucking cool. Okay. I'll leave it alone for yeah. now. Um, let's see. I'm going to cut Ori and the Blind Forest soon. I don't know if I want to cut it just yet. Sure. Uh, did we like Outer Worlds? I played a tiny bit of it, but I didn't really... I mean, I, I did like it, but I get that you two are both very down on it. I'm not interested and in it at all. And there is other stuff I would push over it. Like, I'd be disappointed yeah. to see it go this soon, but I'm also not going to veto it. I played a lot of fun games this year, and Outer Worlds wasn't one of them. I just found the camera, the first-person camera, very floaty. And it just... It felt like it was acceptable to play, but not like, um, not 
yeah, like like I didn't go beyond anything other than that. Are you cutting it? Do you want me to cut it? Are you? I'm gonna... okay with cutting it. I'd like it. That game didn't grab me at all. I really wish it did. I kind of thought it would be something I loved. I, I I was gonna love. I like um a lot of the Fallout's. I like a lot of Skyrim. I like you know I I, I like yeah yeah yeah. It just it didn't for some reason it didn't click with me and I don't I can't even communicate why it was the companions didn't that, really. That's okay though. Like click. if it is just that kind of primal thing because like I think the games that click with me least. There's some games, like, say, Blasphemous, which I'm probably going to be quitting soon. I can tell you exactly why I didn't like that Mm. game, and I can tell you exactly what I think is so fucking cool about that game. But there's other games where, like, they're so not for you, you don't have the frame of reference to even really comprehend it. I guess, like, if you two are that down on the game, I'm okay with quitting it. Like, definitely... With me, it would make it it would make it much further on my personal list. But that said, I don't know. I probably wouldn't even crack my top ten. Okay. So, like, if we want to cut it, I'm okay with that. Well, it's there at number 34. I think it's going to get its due on, uh, in Older other places. Podcasts. Yeah, 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 for sure. It, it, it's got its positive audience out there. Um, I liked it because I just thought that... Um, I liked Fallout 3, but a lot of it, I think, was the novelty of not having played a lot of open world games back then. I absolutely hated Fallout 4. I thought it was a lifeless, personality-less, designless world. Um, I just felt assembled from pre-made assets and so when Outer Worlds came out I was really I really liked how kind of bespoke a lot of the locations felt I really liked some of the companions I loved uh, Pravati or Pravati it's Pravati Pravati I thought she was like just really sweet and nice and Ashley Birch does her amazing performances her yeah. really brings her to life and I don't I'm not usually that into like sweet and nice characters but something about her really clicked with me and I loved just kind of walking around with her it got a few laughs out of me uh, the anti-capitalist corporate stuff kind of started to grate on me after a little while which is not a good sign because I didn't make it that far into the game and I think that's the whole game but um, I enjoyed it and uh, sorry to see it go this soon but I think you got you we you know gotta take into account your guys' feelings on it too. Sure do. Yeah. So it's Brian. Um so my cut how we feeling about Wargroove. I, I'd like to see it break into yeah. the top thirty. Okay, cool. I do really like that game. Um despite I don't think any of us have anything really yeah. bad to say about yeah. it. What about Indivisible? Yeah, I I like... I really like Indivisible. I think it's cool. and it's, But... I can pick something else if you uh, want to keep it. No, I think I, I think I need to be a big boy here. Because <laughs> a lot of the... We still have a lot of my games left. <clears throat> yeah, okay. I, I can I can let Indivisible go. Um, that's a cool game. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back to it. It kind of got blitzed for me this year where it came out in like a month where a lot of shit was coming out. And so I didn't really get to spend that much time with it. And maybe if I'd spent more time with it, it would find its way further up this list. But I also know like in the war for my attention, it lost out to other stuff. And I don't really feel in a solid position to kind of cut or to, to kind of defend it from being cut. So I'm happy enough to cut that. Um, okay, me next. That's that's right. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Shenmue three. Really, man. 
So that's 32. You won't even let it get 30? I mean... Wait, it's not on the list. Yeah, it's not on the list. That means it's... Whoa. Not eligible. <laughs> yeah, it didn't get down on the list. Yeah. Oh, where the fuck? Yeah, it's and not... Maybe a... it was too late. I that... God damn it. Shit, there's 51 games. Well, 51 this has games. messed everything yeah. up. Yeah, there's, there's destroyed all destroyed everything. There's always one game, and it's... It, this th happens every year. And it's mm -hmm. fucking Shenmue Tree. <laughs> Um, do do we do we include it on the list or yeah do we, we gotta oh include we gotta it. we gotta yeah. like other stuff I'd be okay I, I'd be willing to like I can I can we could take something else off the list but it's gotten this far whatever game we take off the list it's like yeah it's yeah, managed it's to make be... its way into the thirties yeah fuck okay <laughs> sorry guys let 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 me do a bit of number crunching okay okay um. Oh, it, it's actually like it is hard to talk about with Shenmue 3 because like part of it is that like I just I waited so long for this game and I was always going to add unrealistic expectations and I think I said a lot of shit about how like I had my expectations in check for Shenmue mm -hmm. and I think I did but I had my expectations in check for one very specific version of Shenmue 3 and that was a complete technical fucking mess that was Shenmue, mm -hmm. you know? And that's not really my issues with it. Like, my issues... With, like, technically, this game is as solid as anything else. It runs fine. It never drops frame rates. The environmental design is fucking beautiful. Some of the character models even look good. Some of them sure don't. But, you know, it's technically fine, and it's not the train wreck I was expecting. But some of the design decisions... Like, guys, the combat... Like, I think everything else I could forgive, but the combat sucks, and it's so bad. And, like, there's not a lot that... There's not that much combat in Shenmue 1, but, like, every time there's a fight, it always felt like a treat. It always felt, like, exciting. You can fight as much as you like in Shenmue 3, but it doesn't matter, because it's fucking bad. And that kind of destroys the experience for me, because now... With the sections that I'm trudging through, the slow-paced forklifting or fucking harbor searching or whatever else, there's nothing on the other side of it because I don't think... like it, No, it's not even that I don't enjoy the combat. I think the combat is demonstrably worse, you know? And I really... When you combine that with the fucking just bizarre procrastination based game design that somehow is more aggressive to your free time than the previous games I think some shit went really fucking wrong here and I'm genuinely kind of devastated about it and I absolutely can't let it go any further than this and I know I'm going to beat this game because I'm going to have free time in a little bit and I'm going to want to see how this all ends. And I want to see that fucking high quality Land D model. And maybe <laughs> somewhere in there, my fondness for this game will come back. But even then, as crazy as this sounds, I think people should check out Shenmue 1 and 2. I think they are very interesting games in their own way. And you two can ridicule me for that. And you're perfectly in the right. Shenmue 3 is a game for one person. And it's fucking you, Suzuki. And that it is the game this year that has broken my fucking heart. And for people saying I'm being a baby 
and being overly emotional about all this, I 100% agree. Brian, what are you cutting? Uh, okay, so that was Shenmue Tree at number 33. I've reshuffled it now so Days Gone is number 51 working downwards. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's great. Sorry about that. Okay, it's fine. Um, is Travis Trikes again good? Yeah. Okay, we'll leave that alone. Is Outer Wilds good? <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like this is the second time you're coming at Outer Wilds. I can only defend its originality so much. Like, if I'm honest, it's, you know, it's not like... No, I just don't know anything about this game. It's except just, that it's like a... It's got two planets. Some people love it. And like... <laughs> but, the, you know, that you, we can't really count that here. Um, it, it does 100% capture that sense of exploring space. I don't like exploring space. I like learning karate. That's who I am. That's my review of this game. <laughs> okay. Outer Wilds. It's cool. It's original and it's different and it does shit that no other game has done and it deserves so much credit for that. But in a in a list we are building for from like just fucking passion and love, it's not there for any of us. And so it kind of has to go. Okay. We're, okay, next one is 31. Is this me? Yeah. How are we feeling about Blasphemous? I can cut Blasphemous. Or Apex Legends. Apex Legends would go further for me, for sure. Okay. Yeah, i definitely let that go further, because I like that game. Yeah. Um, unless there's anything else you would like me to take before I take out Blasphemous. Neve, you liked Ape Out, didn't you? Yeah. Honestly, no, let's, like, mm, let's get rid of Ape Out before Blasphemous, because I think I like Blasphemous more than I liked Ape Out. Interesting. Okay, I, th- I, I last we spoke, you you liked Ape Out a lot. I do like Ape Out a lot, but there's a lot of good games here as well. You know, like um, I like Ape Out because it's that kind of very fast kinetic run and gun stuff with a gorilla. Looks like nothing else. Looks amazing. Real heavy graphic design based, like top-down gorilla smashing little people Captures against the, the wall. Captures the feeling of being a gorilla. An you know? angry gorilla. Yeah, it's cool. It, when you smash things, it's a jazz symbol. Like, the music is so part of the the gameplay design, and they really lean into that. Like, each level has, like, album art, and when you die, it shows how far you got in the level, that, and it spells out game over. It's so, like, visually pleasing and such a tight visual package uh, if you like jazz, give it a go. Uh, if you like smashing things as a cool gorilla, then yeah, uh, I it was, it was a, a game I played on the plane, and I had a very good flight because of it. Cool, nice, John. Um, Blasphemous. Um, I really wanted to love this game because this is one of the coolest looking games I've ever seen. Some of the strongest pixel art, like, fucking ever. Absolutely beautiful. Um, I love the story. I love Catholic Dark Souls. That's all fantastic. Like, the soundtrack is great. These are all 10s. But this game is like a 5. It's just... the Like, Nevi, did you play any more of it? I did, yeah. I yeah... I'm kind of with you like I I loved I was really pushing to just see more stuff of it because the design of it's so cool that's what brought me to the end Mm. um I didn't get there with it for sure but I I like the sound design of it as well but there was just 
I didn't have fun playing it and no. I didn't really understand what game it was kind of trying to be with its combat a lot of the time. Like, I was like, is this kind of considered dark souliness? And sometimes it was, but other times it wasn't. There's like one or two boss battles in there that make good use of the combat where you really feel like you're in a duel. Mm. But a lot of the time you're jumping around, slashing at a giant sprite. Yeah. And yeah, it just, I, it didn't capture me in the way I wanted it to. Like, uh, so I was, I was a little disappointed. Also, I thought a bit of its like imagery was kind of a little all over the place. I said before, like they went really hard on Catholicism, which was really cool. But then like, there'd be like, you know, like spooky witch or something, you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it was just kind of some thrown in bad guys there. And I kind of wish they kind of stead more with their Catholicism. If they had let me fight that baby, I'd, I'd be defending Gandier? it more. Just wants to beat up a baby. Um, I'm looking at games I've played and what I would cut next. Can veto this right away, but um, I'm going to be going after River City Girls soon. Oh, dude, you're going to... That's going to be a tough fight. I love that game. I love it too, but... Not very much, apparently. There's a lot of frustrating things about it. That is one of my favorite games. That, that, like, that is probably my top three of this year. Really? Yeah. Are you... Are you 100%. kidding? But, but, there, but there's some busted ass shit in it. Like what? It's the game crashes. Uh, like John, it crashes. Okay, I'm not. I don't. I, I I can't cut it yet. Okay, but just know that I'm going after it for fair reasons. Also, the soundtrack sucks. No, it fuck you, Neve. <laughs> the shit. The, the soundtrack is amazing. It's so oh, those fucking vocals good. are so bad. Your bass so those vocals so are typical. <laughs> They're so the lyrics are terrible. Just the vocals you don't are terrible. Music, Neve. <laughs> don't know what it's like to be a River City oh, girl. Yeah, you don't. It's, it's just shitty. No, this is this so is a shitty. fucking crime. <laughs> you people are criminals. <laughs> fuck you. I'm done. We're uh, done. Shut it down, Brian. Stop recording. <laughs> I was trying to say something fair about it and you went ahead and said something unfair. See, that's why you never align yourself with Neve. <laughs> I'm questioning a lot of things now. My own sanity, for one. Um, Ori and the Blind Forest. Yeah, I think I. this is your game to cut. Yeah, it's my game to cut. Um, originally came out a couple years ago, but... It came out in the Switch this year, and it is a definitive edition. It says 2019 in the main menu, and I finally got to play it, and I really, really, really enjoyed it, and it's an excellent game. It would go higher if it was a brand new game, but this is where it lands. Um, I am looking forward to replaying it in a year or so, and it's cool. <laughs> a, a cool game for cool people who know what cool is or okay. in, no it's like if you like Studio Ghibli and you know you like nature and uh, it's all a little uh, mainstream for me but yeah if you're like man the forest is on fire what do I do you play this game <laughs> or in the blind forest everyone um How are we feeling about Samurai Showdown? 
Um, I, I, I'm, I'm getting warm to cutting Samurai Showdown. What okay. I'd say is I would cut Judgment first. Okay, thank God. Because yeah. I thought I'd have a bit more of a fight with Judgment. No, no I, I think Judgment's in our top 30 and... Like, yeah. I, I, I've not played it. Neve's not played it. I have played it. I played, played loads it of it. Yeah. You played loads of it. I played 20 hours of that thing and Whoa. I did not like it. Yeah. Uh, Judgment is a game that is heavily built on the Yakuza engine and retained very little of what I like about those games. Um, I really tried with it and honestly, I thought this was this was like a game of the year contender for me like before it came out. I just don't like it. I like tack. I like the story. It's fun. I think the combat sucks. Um, and I just always had to drag myself to play this game. Uh, exact same feeling. I, I was just like, once the story grabs me, I'll be in it. And honestly, the combat just sucked the life out of me. It was so, so shit, boring to play. And even like, I wish they had gone hard on the detective stuff. Yeah, yeah. They really don't. It just feels like a like a well, like you light detective a, you, you skin. You spend like thirty minutes sneaking into a fucking building, and then like the moment you're in there, it's like, oh, they saw me, and then you get into a fight, and it's like, I don't feel like a detective. I feel like a, I feel like a stupid video game. Um, even just some of the comp- the fights, like they were really artificially long, which is big health bars. Yeah. And it, I, I, it wasn't fun to do. I was just like, this is taking me so long and I don't feel like it's taking me skill. It's just I'm keeping myself alive and hitting people. Yeah. Um, like I have a Yakuza Kiwami 2, which I think I'm going to get back to over the Christmas break. And like most of the time I was playing Judgment, I was like, why would I play this when I could be playing Kiwami 2? Fair. So really, yeah. Now that said, I think it has good qualities. Like, there's a reason it made it this far. Like, yeah. it wasn't an oversight on my part. Like, I do think it's cool. I I really liked a lot of the lawyer stuff. I enjoyed that stuff a lot, and I thought it was like an interesting setup. I just did not like how the lawyer stuff transferred into the gameplay. Like, I think a lot of a lot, I think what's so fucking awesome about the Yakuza series is like how a lot of who Kiryu is is part of how you play that game. I love that. I got so little of this from that. What's and the main guy called again? Tack. Tack, okay. He's cool. I like him. Yeah. But, yeah. I like his friend more, though. Sexy shirt man. What's Ooh. his name? Kaito. He's cool. He's pretty good. There's a lot of good characters. Maybe I'll pick it up at some point again. I'll see. But, yeah. Um, I'm gonna cut... Samurai Showdown. Um, I really loved what this game did. I, I like Samurai Showdown. I thought it was never coming back. And I thought it did a really, really good job of bringing the characters back. It's not like the most beautiful game. But I felt like the animations and the characters, they are expressive. They are cool, you know. Um, some of the new characters were just fantastic. Uh, Darley Dagger. Fucking, like, crazy. I think... African, maybe Caribbean, Caribbean pirate girl, really, really awesome. And I loved Samurai Showdown. This was exactly what I like about Samurai Showdown. Really weighty combat, no com- like barely any combos at all. All just like like checking the range and the target character. If you fuck up and someone hits you with a heavy attack, it takes off like half your health because this is a game about weapons fighting, not hand-to-hand fighting. And that's how it feels. And I love that. I think it's a great game. I wish I had more people to play it against because I have no one. Um, And I think 
you know, were I in a situation where more people played it, I would have gotten way more into it, but it's cool. Okay. Is tabs good? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, then I'll go with Wargroove at number 26. Yeah. It's halfway down. Is there anything anyone else would cut instead of it? Um, I could cut... Um, what the golf? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, how about we do what the golf at twenty six, and then we'll get we'll 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 come back to um Wargroove in a sec. Yeah, and um, what the golf is a super fun, playful game that really twists the conventions of like what golf is into all these really hilarious ways. And um, I mentioned it in one of my favorite things videos. And if it's very hard to talk about because like a lot of it's just like visually how like. Oh, your golf ball is now a man. Oh, it's now that man, except it's in 2D and you have to, he has to jump over houses using the same mechanics as hitting a golf ball with a golf club. And it's really cool. I think once that initial surprise wears off, then there's just, then it's just a mini game collection. But like, just because that surprise is kind of a one shot, I don't think takes away from how good it was. Like it was real, like, I spent the first hour playing that game being like, oh, no way, like just constantly. And it's a great little game. And if, you know, if it comes to PS4 or Switch, um, it might be on Switch. It might know. be. It seems like it'd be on the Switch. Um, if it comes, if it becomes the consoles, like you see it for like 20 quid, 100% get it. It's really, really cool. Who's next? Uh, then it's actually, well, that was me technically. So now yeah. it's Neve. It's Neve. Um, I guess it would Wargroove then. Yeah, Wargroove then, yeah, so that's at number 25. Wargroove is a beautiful looking sprite game, great game. Like, some of the animations on those sprites were so good, like, I wanted to see them <laughs> again and again just to look at them move. Um, I love the breadth of design. There's so many different characters and different kind of locations like you the water people and leaf people and stuff and they all look great um there's a difficulty spike in that game that i found kind of mostly on on not enjoyable like i would yeah. say kind of busted yeah like you, weird you, you uh, pretty much have to be the right character on the right tile to have the entire match in your favor you see that to me is where it stops being a strategy game and starts being a puzzle game. Yeah. And that's not why I'm there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think it could have done with more playtesting. Um, I think they actually did patch that stuff out of it, but we can only judge what we've played. Like, I've heard that they've made some, like, good changes to that stuff. Yeah. You can scale the difficulty, like, you, you, you can change it from 100% down to 90%, but when I wanted to play what the developer wanted me to play... I was fighting against it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a cooperative effort. But, like, it's a lovely, lovely game. Yeah. And I love the Advance Wars we, series. We all, have, we all have a lot of love for that game. Yeah. yeah. But, kind of got to be honest at some point. I liked the still animated opening. It was great. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Fantastic. Um. Okay. Oh, it's really getting down to it now. Brian, how are you feeling about Cadence of Hyrule? Oh, no. You can't touch that one yet. Like, like there's other games you can cut before that. What about Astral Chain? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved this when I started playing it. 
started to uh, there was a point where i thought it was still developing and at some point i thought we were going to hit an open world and i was so excited maybe that was my mistake but after a while i was like oh it's like a corridor fighter and i was a little disappointed in that I was really disappointed with how little world building and narrative building there was. Because there's a lot of meat they could have bitten into there. Yeah, there's a lot of story. Like, stories happening, there's characters talking, um, but they don't really do anything with it. And they don't touch on some of the things they introduce. Like, the whole idea of the... Um, the kind of... the astral beasts and kind of not really exploring that they hate being tethered to you it's like it seems it's I like it's right there yeah yeah no I, I didn't finish the game i just heard about this from your well, back yeah uh, the, the 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 bad guy at the, the the guy who owns the police station like he's he's gonna get his come up into at the end isn't he yeah but there's another bad guy oh bad yeah gal? Bad, oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah the bad yeah. gal the missing professor um it also just very samey like it doesn't really progress yeah and it sucks because in the first two or three hours i feel like they they keep layering mechanics on top of you and every time i was like oh shit yeah this is awesome but then after a while it did just to start to feel like i was doing the same moves over and over and over and um the evasion sometimes didn't feel quite right to me i think sometimes it kind of overloads you with visual stuff the default controls aren't very good um you you can go in and change all that stuff but there's a lot of where you have to switch modes and sometimes your evade is one button, but in a different mode, it's an attack. And you have to make sure you're in like the right stance before you press the button. It's very, very complicated controls. I I, I, I do really like this game. Me too. But like I also did hit a wall with it. Um, I think it looks amazing. Yeah, it looks great, especially on the Switch. Yeah. They're really pushing that hardware totally um i i thought the combat like if you want to look at this as like a platinum game i thought the changes they made to the combat were really interesting i love that they slowed it down i like the kind of they had this really weird shit with your with your what sentinel what was that the name the the the, the your your, your- it- your astral beast. I just call them stands. Yeah, your stands. <laughs> I, I I like what they went for with that. Mm. I thought it was cool. Um, yeah, it it was a cool game. I I think I I was hoping for more, but like I still liked what I got. It just there's stronger contenders on this list. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob is you. That goes in at number 23. That's a lovely little game. And I love the pixel art. Some of the puzzles are very, very clever. But you need to be in the right mood and the right state of mind to play that game. If you're in a bad mood, you can't play it. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll be stumped. Uh, I found a lot of what I was doing was... I'd be stumped by a puzzle for an hour and then I'd watch it being solved on YouTube and all the comments are like, I'm here for the exact same reason as you, buddy. And I think I'm going to pick it up because I, I like a lot yeah. of what you've said about no, it. No, it, it, it's a very, very good game, but like it does make you feel real stupid. Some of the stuff, because, because, because the game is explained to you with like as little amount of information as possible, sometimes you don't realize that you can do things a certain way but the game kind of thinks you're gonna organically figure it out along the way 
and have that aha moment that happens about 50% of the time with the game I wish it happened 100% of the time uh, but sometimes you are just like I don't know how to solve this puzzle and I've been taught the mechanics of how to solve it I just I'm trying all these different combinations and I'm not getting any results what am I doing wrong it, but like puzzle games are like a very personal preference I think with people yeah and you, you either click with them or you don't and I only kind of half clicked with this game Neve. um How are we feeling about Anodyne? <sighs> I think I'm I'm really gonna love that game. I think the same thing happened where it got kind of blitzed when a bunch of other stuff came out, and specifically stuff I wanted to play for this podcast. And like when we sat down and I saw Anodyne 2 at the top of this list, I was I was kicking myself for not playing more of it. I think this game does something really interesting and special. Um, it's a game where you're like a little robot girl and you wake up and it looks like a kind of, like, I think kind of fifth gen PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 kind of platformer game. Yeah. But then you find all these really strange creatures and you go inside their heads and it looks like a kind of, Link's Awakening style Game Boy game and it's very introspective it's very much about like existence and life and what it is while also being just very strange and funny in a way that doesn't feel like it's trying to be it's just it's very it feels very genuine you know it feels like something that someone really really believed in and I think it's a really beautiful little game I don't really feel like I have the ammunition or knowledge to push it much further than this but really out of any game on this list it's like a victim of consequences like I'm, I can't I'm not saying it would definitely mm. go further it just I have a feeling I'd probably be way more into it I'll probably be more way into it when I play more I think like that's something just with us as a podcast like this isn't our full time job yeah. so maybe some games we would love kind of get left behind a little uh, and that's it's poor games this is a really big example of that yeah you know um people should absolutely check this game out like if you want to support indie developers if you want to support weird games if you're tired of third person progression like if you're third person progression trees check this game out but yeah it's i think it's fair to cut it now okay um it's your turn john for number 21 I'm going to go for Momodora Reverie Under the Moonlight. Okay. Yeah. Um, a lot of fondness for that game, but I kind of what I said in best moment kind of counts here as well. 7 out of 10 game with a 10 out of 10 moment. Um, I loved it. Aesthetically, one of the best games out this year. I love the design of the main girl so much. Um, but outside of the kind of look and feel of it, I think it is a kind of just Metroid-like, you know, and I don't think it really brings that much new to the formula aside from just being, you know, solid and enjoyable. The combat yeah, feels good. It does. Um, the guy who makes this, Ordine on Twitter, this is the fourth Momodora game, and it seems like he makes the same game over and over and just kind of refines it more Have each you seen time. seen the new Momodora game? Yeah. It looks like, it, it, it's like a step even further. 
really because to me it looked like a puppet animations and after effects hmm maybe, maybe we're looking at different games maybe i don't know um i i do really really like the sprite art in this game and um i played it twice there's some good set pieces in it there's some quiet bits i like that the the main me- melee weapon is a leaf and then you also have a bow and arrow for a projectile and didn't understand the story that much but i had fun while i was in that world <laughs> it's it's kind of it's it's the dark soul story yeah there's an evil monarch who has been corrupted by x-force and you're making your way towards the castle then you get thrown into the basement and you have to make your way up the castle and there's probably a bunch of npcs that you can save but it's very hard to like figure out that correct conversation branch and when to revisit them to activate their side quest further yeah and i'm sure the wiki is very very uh, valuable to those players it's one of those kind of games. Neve. No, it's me. Sorry, Brian. Okay, number 20. I'm going to go with Yoshi's Crafted World. Okay. Um, I think this is a beautiful, cute, fantastic game. It's one of my... It would be on the better half of the Yoshi platformers. Uh, Yoshi's Island would be my number one. Didn't you call this um, a game for stupid babies? Absolutely. <laughs> number 19, everybody. Top 20. Top 20. Uh, no, no, this isn't at number 20. Uh, a game for stupid babies, Yoshi's Crafted World. Uh, this game is incredibly rudimentary and easy, and it's for the, the stupidest baby to play. I think the more you play it, the levels actually do get a bit more challenging and... The game encourages you to kind of collect stuff along the way. So if you're... I, I, I watched Michelle do some stuff. Yeah. And some of it was like, oh shit. Yeah. What stops it going further, or what stops me um, like loving this game, is that there are only five songs in the entire game. That's a bit of a deal breaker, all right? Yeah. Um, I think a game where they work so hard in the visuals, I think the music should complement it. It does not... You have... Like... I think back in the Super Nintendo games to have like a limited track list was fair enough to save space, but like there's nothing holding back space-wise in this game. This is this is just resources. Well, like obviously we don't know what happens, but what it feels like is resources. There was some like spreadsheet snafu, yeah, and something happened. One one song in particular is used in fifty percent of the levels, and that is lazy. Considering the previous game, Yoshi's Woolly World, had almost an original song for every level. And every song is fantastic. And touch Fuzzy, Get Dizzy. Yeah, Touch Fuzzy, Get Dizzy on Yoshi's Island, on the original Yoshi's Island, is amazing. Like, it's, it's a good song. I've heard so many good rap remixes to that. Yeah, it's just like, the Yoshi's Island music is good. What happened? Um, so that's where it stops, unfortunately. Um, I, I wish I liked it more. But um, I think it's a 10 out of 10 visually, but like... 2 out of 10 in terms of audio. Honestly, it's so disappointing. Fair. Neve. Can we code Apex Legends now? I really, really like that game. That game made me give a shit about Battle Royale games. Um, number 17? 19. 19. 19. Feels early to me, but when I look at the rest of this list, I know like we're really getting into the territory now where we all feel very strongly about these titles. 
Um, I'm probably a bit biased here because I did win a match of Apex Legends because I think I might be the world's best player at it. Um, so, you know, apologies if that is coloring my judgments. And I hope it doesn't seem like I'm just bringing that up just for the sake of bringing it up. But I did win a match, you know. <laughs> Pretty badass. Yeah. Uh, well, you know me. I'm kind of just a just a badass in, in every regard. Uh, Apex Legends was a, like a cool treat this year. Like it came out. It was a free to play game. It was like, it's good. You know, the, yeah. the cast is good and people had a lot of fun with it. I am not good enough to get much enjoyment out of that game. Oh, or, I should I should teach you some. I know you have won a game and that's... Like, Neve, like a whole game. Like, first place. It's pretty badass. It's pretty yeah. badass. Yeah. And I didn't get... I didn't die once. Gamer with a capital R. <laughs> and two lowercase R's before the capital R. Yep. Say, so you gotta slur it. Gamer... My teammate carried me the entire way. <laughs> and then died in your I got I got the winning kill, but he, I was just with a fucking monster. And it was so crazy because like at one point we got attacked by like three teams. And I ran because I'm a coward. Um, and I just watched from a distance as he held them all off. And I was like, whoa. But um, I, I really like this game. I, I think they did a fantastic job. I think they made some really smart, fun changes to like the Battle Royale formula. Mm. They made it their own. I think the map is great um i liked a lot about this game disappointed not to see it go further but i also understand why i think it has to go now because i think now now we're kind of getting into the territory where we're all really willing to fight for these games and i think like i'm gonna play apex legends over the holidays you know i'm gonna stick it in have a few games and probably have a pretty okay time but there's a lot going on with the other games on this list. Yeah. It's, it's your it's go, John? John's it go, yeah. my go. Oh, God. Um, Travis Strikes Again. Okay. At number 18. This is like the opposite of Shenmue 3, where it's not what you wanted at all, and it's still fine. And just kind of a pain in the ass to play, honestly. Kind of, like, repetitive and frustrating. But so much fucking personality and life to it. Like, you can feel the Suda51 seeping out of this game. And I just couldn't help but kind of love it. You know, it's it's unapologetically strange. It's completely no more heroes. It's self-referential in a bunch of really stupid ways. It tells its story, like, in about seven different styles. Everything from, like... You know, regular cutscenes to cutouts to visual novels through gameplay shit. And it's just cool. And I love how Grasshopper makes games. And this is a Grasshopper game through and through. And I am I cannot wait for No More Heroes 3. And I... Because it's just, you know, a long-awaited third game in a trilogy could never go wrong. And I'm just very confident about that. Yeah. Okay, then for me, number 17 is Knights and Bikes. Uh, Knights and Bikes was a game I've been looking forward to for about two and a bit years made by two guys who were part of Media Molecule, worked on Little Big Planet and Tearaway and they went off and made their own game and it is a trendy children's picture book as a video game and you play as 
two very cool girls. It's got single player. It's got co-op and they both work great. It even has an online co-op and it works very smoothly. I don't know how they got it working on such a small team. Um, I think the game, I think some of the puzzles are a bit tedious. Some of them are great. I could understand most of the puzzles. Some of them were kind of lost on me. Uh, I think when this game is good, it was fantastic, but I think there's some weak parts to it as well. Uh, but overall, I really, really enjoyed it. Cool. That's Nights and Bikes. Eve. Zelda Link's Awakening remake? Yeah, I can get on board with that. Yep. Uh, Zelda Link's Awakening remake is my sixth favorite game of the year. I've got a few things to say about it. Okay, go for it. Let's see what we got here. Uh, the presentation in this game is so highly polished. Graphics and music are amazing and have so much charm and it feels like a hug. Uh, it's great to revisit uh, an old game with a new look. Uh, there's a comfort and uh, kind of soothing feeling to it. Uh, I really, really, really still love the story of this game that it kind of starts off super simple and... The narrative peels back and it gets very cerebral towards the end and things are not what they seem and it's actually quite dark. Um, I think the remake does a great job of kind of pushing the last cutscene um, to a new level. Uh, it's not worth the full price tag at all. It costs more now than it did when it originally came out, more or less. Like it would have come out back in the day at £45. Now it's a €60 Euro full price game. Uh, the dungeon maker part of this game, which is the new original addition to it, like the only new thing to it is dungeon maker, and it's very very dull and That's uninspired. That's really surprising because like usually with Nintendo games, like for the most part with a big with a game like this, you re- when they add a feature, they're gonna go like ham on it. Yeah, the dungeon this maker is like half-assed. The dungeon maker is boring. Yeah, um, it's just a mishmash of rooms you've already been in in previous dungeons, but there's no theme to them. You'll just go into a lava room, to a skeleton room, to a grass room, and it's like, cool, I already saw these puzzles in these rooms, so I know what to do. And anybody who plays online will know how to solve them too. So what are you doing? Yeah. Um, kind of just pointless. Yeah, there's some pointless parts of this game. Um, yeah, nice game. Okay, that brings it back around to me. So this is going to be number 15. Yep. Number 15. Oh, this is getting tough. Neve, how are we feeling about Tabs? Tabs was... If you want to cut Tabs, I'll cut, uh, I'll cut Tabs, but like... What a fun, charming What a experience. fucking excellent game. But you yeah. know, like, part of it as well, like, it is in early access. They're still adding stuff to mm-hmm. it. And I think it's only going to get stronger with time. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I got my money's word out of oh, it straight 100%, away. Like, like 100%. Um, like, I, I really am very fond of this game. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's fantastic. Uh, if, if, you, if you guys haven't played it, basically, you have six armies... Um, I think it's like farmer, Viking, medieval, Roman, ninja. I think I'm leaving out something there. 
I know that there's two army, new armies on the way, which is mm-hmm. Renaissance and Pirate. And you have a lot of points, and you can build your army, and you can decide to throw maybe 30 small uh, units at something, or like sticking a mammoth in there. My favorite was always like 200 hobbits versus, versus like a minotaur. It's so funny. And then it's just like... And the visual style, <laughs> everything just looks like like sculpted from Play-Doh, and it looks so stupid. <laughs> Uh, and it's just all ragged everyone's ragdolling across and all, the room all the attacks are like physics driven mm-hmm. so if like King Arthur swings his sword it has to actually make physical contact with something like there's no hitboxes mm-hmm. and it's oh it's the so momentum good. of a swing will take a character all the way around and you're waiting for like a small little hobbit to get that attack in and they're like and you're like oh my god just hit them and they're just trying and to like, when you see like a hobbit clinging to a mammoth's tusk for dear life <laughs> and like you can hit spacebar and slow it down the game is just a joy yeah it's it's a it's a real fun funny experience and like it looks beautiful i love the design of it yeah. and just the sound is great like all the characters are just like making silly little no- <laughs> noises i don't know like i really uh, like tabs like uh, like well it, look it, it's turned to, it, it's made into top 15 yeah, i think that's yeah. great i don't know but like everything i'm saying i'm like man this game's fucking great well it, it, it'll fall between 15 and 10 by the sounds of it do you want do you want, um, do you want to cut it just yet or do you want to wait it you could talk about another game beforehand like death stranding still hasn't been cut guys <laughs> and we're gonna have to yeah we can do you want to cut that stranding for no. tabs no. okay okay fair fair uh you really like play tail me if you you turn around big on that yeah that was a real surprise for me this year i think i think tabs is fantastic i think maybe it's one of those games where like collectively me we probably like it the most but there's probably both games that we're individually willing to fight for more and i think that's the same with you brian oh yeah so i think maybe it it probably this is as far as it goes and that kind of breaks my heart a little but guess Mm -hmm. what we're into the fucking heartbreaking sections (laughs) and it sucks and i hate it and this is the worst and we're not doing this anymore no matter how much you fucking people like it this is the bit where we're sacrificing chess pieces yeah this is getting oh i don't know like guys the floor is lava and we're pushing people down to make them into like remember when this was fun remember 30 games ago guys remember when nothing mattered (laughs) we were just happy to get rid of shit just three happy little shitheads (laughs) Throwing bad games under the bus. Yeah. Now we're breaking our hearts. Okay, Brian, it's your go. Is it my go? Mm-hmm. Hey. Number 14. Um, I'll go with Cadence of Hyrule. Okay. Okay, number 14. Let me say a little bit about Cadence of Hyrule. So I picked Cadence of Hyrule above legend of zelda uh link's awakening remake so there's two zelda games of my top six uh so cadence of hyrule is my fifth game of the year um this is my second favorite indie game from this year uh it's a celebration of what i like most about zelda the sense of adventure the pacing of overworld to dungeons and vice versa and surrounded by the music uh, the music was key to this working. It's fantastic. A lot of remixes of classic Zelda tunes that build momentum as you progress further into your run. 
Uh, the sprites are so fucking good. It's cool to see old school Zelda enemies with a new look bouncing to the rhythm of the game. Uh, I think my favorite are the vultures and they just bop their heads up and down. There's just something like, because they look real sinister, but they're like having a good time. Um, it's really replayable. I've played it twice. Um, it's not a heavy roguelike. It's kind of like a light roguelike where it'll generate the overworld, but it'll stay the same then for the rest of your playthrough until you do a new game. Oh, I didn't know that. Which I think is really, really nice. Oh. That like it's not too heavy on it. it I, I've got to a point with it where I'm stuck and I don't know where to go. I have one dungeon left. It must have loaded. Yeah, it must have just put you in a tricky one. You might have got a bad run. Mm. Um, for me, for me, the two runs I got were pretty well balanced. So, um, and I, I, I didn't play Crypt of the Necrodancer. I, I think you did, John. Did you? I did, and I was very fond of Crypt of the Necrodancer. And I think, in a way, maybe it took away a little bit from my enjoyment of this game because it really is just the same game. But I, no, it's not. That's not fair. They, they do add actually a lot to this. Yeah. But I think um, I knew what it was. Yeah. Um, I think it does a good job of balancing, you know, a familiar playthrough on your second or third run, but it doesn't feel repetitive. And you get a great choice on who to play as. You can play as Link, you can play as Zelda, or you can play as Cadence Cadence from Crypt of the Necrodancer, as well as there's unlockable characters too. But I think it's just cool that, like, you can pick Link or pick Zelda and they play completely different. One plays more offensively, one plays more defensively. Uh, one uses distant magic, one uses up-close melee. I just, I, I really like the balance and the replayability is there for it. Cool. I, yeah, I agree. I think it's a great game and I think it's well-priced and I liked it a lot. I did not know I was going to like this game as well. It was a big surprise. Yeah, me neither. I, I think I, I thought maybe you wouldn't like it because you don't like a lot of rhythm shit. No, I don't. But yeah, no, I I, I was so into and it. Like, there's something really to that. I think like when a game can turn you around on a genre that you are initially thought wasn't for you yeah i think that's kind of special number 13 hmm. that's you Niamh. this is me is it crazy to go for untitled goose game here okay because i enjoyed entitled goose game a lot it was a great experience but like compared to other stuff on this list, that game is what it is. And yeah, like, yeah. It, like it. I think it's what a lot of people needed. It was a nice, fun time that a lot of people got a lot of enjoyment, and it's been really cool to see everyone's like art and memes around this silly goose. There was something so fun to play as this a chaos, like an agent of chaos in a world, and it. But it was like. You know, it wasn't that awful. Like, it was stealing someone's socks. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the payoff with that game is great. There's a bit at the start where you see the bells in the pit. And you're like, what? Can I go in there? No? Okay. And then you forget about it. Completely. But then by the end, you're like, oh my god, the bell. He's been doing this so often. What a little dickhead. Like, it just, it was such a perfect uh, plant for a perfect payoff. Yep. Uh, that goose is animated so well. His honk is really great. I love the way that there's a button to just put your wings out and look intimidating and it does nothing. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Did you ever play it, Brian? No. Um, I imagine you would be. Yeah. I, oh, I, I can't wait to play it, but I have to distance myself from it from a year or two. I want it to feel fresh again. Because um, you feel like you've I, I was been exposed to so much. I was overexposed to it in social media and I want to like forget that stuff and I want to 
create the joke again myself. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think it's something that people could go back, like you know, in a year's time and replay that and get so much joy out of it. There's like a a, a new game plus basically after it, where the kind of stuff you need to do is harder. Um, there's there, there's a lot to this little indie game with a goose, and it was a little special experience. And it looks great, and it was funny, and it was charming. Um, but there is other stuff I would fight for over this, so it goes as far as 13. I'm very surprised not to see that in our top 10. I think it would be if there weren't these other stupid games in the way. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. <sighs> Super Mario Maker 2. No! John, no, not yet. John, this game is this game is fantastic. But you don't even make things in it. Yeah, Brian, That's Nintendo like, didn't even make anything. Yeah, yeah why <laughs> would I? players into making their own stuff, but, and I'm here to call bolt call BS. Like, oh, I you play, don't I, I play this game every week. Part. I've been playing this game every week for the last six months since it came out. I've gotten so much out of this game. Are you drinking that's any you? Sugar? No, that's you. Yeah, no, it's that's empty. You. It's empty. They're, I picked it up. Okay. It, this is... <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're talking about their glasses of water everyone it's it's a whole thing just, oh, you gotta keep it pure I'd mm-hmm. really really like to see Super Mario Maker 2 in our top 10 it, it could be number oh, 10 no, no way what oh no oh, but there's like oh, there's other games on this list where I'm like oh come on go on go try out another name then like, that's trending like come on no chance you I don't like know. that game you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I do. Hideo Kojima's a fucking genius. Oh, Whoa. gross. No, he's not. <laughs> being, Just I'm farting being... into the jar and smelling I'm it. Being a little <laughs> oh, my God. But his... No, like, I. I, I, I yeah, he's fried. He... Oh, let me put it this way. It would take some arguments, I think, to for me to think that that game should make it into the. Like, I've played it. I've seen it. It's cool. It's Mario Maker again. Yeah, but it's on, like, a system that can support it. I know, but it's... but it's also like a lot of the people who do make uh, stuff on it say the Switch is kind of a worse platform for the making of levels. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't know that. Yeah, I know because <laughs> you don't engage with that aspect of no, it. No, why? Why the fuck would I buy a game to make like? But it's Mar- Super Mario Maker, and they're chumps for making it. Ryan, if you cut Mario Maker two here, I'll cut River City Girls next. Okay, deal. All right, let me say some nice things about Mario Maker two. <laughs> Man. Okay, there is an infinite amount of fresh Mario levels to play every week. Yeah, because Feel people like go the back and of the make it. Box. <laughs> yeah, because people go and struggle with those controls to make them for you. <laughs> and, these, and these people have made better levels than Nintendo staff for free. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some great meta commentary levels deconstructing Mario tropes. Uh, they're always the fun ones. There's one where you have to catch one coin, but it's always out of reach. There's one where you can only get one coin, but you're barraged, attacked by multiple coins. I think that's such a fun idea of, like, what is Mario without his coins. Uh, I really like the idea. Well, I guess this is for both Mario makers, that you have a simple set of rules and working within them in creative ways. Um, There was a great one where you had to control a Monty Mole with Mario off screen. And, that one was brilliant. And his AI would chase you left to right, so and you had to navigate he, him down you, a maze. Mario is like above the ceiling, so mm. you can't see him. But there's a Monty Mole, and the way Monty Mole's AI work is that they'll always track to Mario. Oh. And so it produces this effect where it nearly feels like you're playing a slippy, slidey Monty Mole. 
Yeah. Huh. Stuff like that's fucking amazing. It, it's Too real. bad Nintendo never fucking thought of it. No, they didn't. Um, I think the recent edition of the Zelda DLC has opened up even more puzzle-based levels. And that's honestly amazing. Yeah. I think that's really genuinely cool. Offline, it has a really, really good single-player mode in which the Nintendo staff have decided, fuck it, and done their own busted-ass Mario levels in which they could never do it in a mainline Mario game. And it certainly has an advantage over the original with a stronger system with a dedicated user base on the Switch. That's a good point. Like, just the amount of people who own a Switch. Yeah, yeah Switch Switch 1. Did alright. <sighs> River City Girls. So, I gotta be honest here, if it wasn't for that game's, like, ridiculous crashing problems, I probably would be pushing for it to go further. And I know you guys weren't that into it. <clears throat> Eve, I actually haven't heard your opinion on it at all. Did you hate it? Um... No, I don't hate it. I played it with Rebecca. Um, yeah, because I, like, I like the co-op. It, yeah, the co-op's good. I I love how it looks. It's yeah. great, especially those Yankee Boy sprites. They're oh, like, yeah, so yeah, yeah. cool. They're really, really, really nice. I, I think my favorite sprite is it's a Yankee Boy crouching, watching a tiger guy do push-ups behind in a car park. See, that's all I want to be. Either one of those. <laughs> Counting the squats or doing the squats. I gotta say, I find those characters really annoying. I don't really like I the story. so much. Like, I think the story's so, like, we're boyfriends and, like, go get your boyfriends. Oh, they're not really your boyfriends. It's like... Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. That ending fucking sucks. You can, like, when you know what the ending is and then as you're watching it, like, play, you're going through... It's very obvious when you're yeah. playing it. It's, it's just weird because there were parts where they went... Like they're where they meet where one of the boss characters is like that dark magic incel, mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah. he's like become infatuated with this girl he doesn't know, and they're like, "Dude, what?" And like, it turns out that was maybe the shittiest plant plants and payoff ever. Yeah, you know, but um, this game just kind of clicked with me on a level that I find very hard to describe. It was just kind of one of those. You remember earlier? It's anime. No, yeah. it's it's super anime. It's the most anime. It's like it's anime by weebs who like anime and I they're making anime. I, if you think this is anime, <laughs> you have not watched enough anime because I'm not a professor of anime. You're so maybe not a you're professor right. of anime. I, I don't so know. Maybe Neve, I'm sorry, Neve, Maybe shut your fucking mouth when it comes to anime and let me do my job. This here. is like an evolution of like Scott Pilgrim from like the beginning of the decade to like it's the very culmination. Scott Pilgrim-y. It's very Scott Pilgrimy, except like tilted more story. towards my way. And it's not a worse story. It is a worse story. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, but, like, like at least Scott Pilgrim had some heart. Shut, yeah. shut up, both of There's you. No let, me have, let me have my moments. <laughs> um, there could have been... Oh, but um, I've completely lost my train of thought. It's great. You love anime and girls. It's not... I, I do love girls, but... Like, girls beating the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I, li- I like the boss battles. What I said they earlier work. with Katana Zero, where I just felt like less than the sum of his parts like this is the opposite for me where it's just every individual part clicked with me and it all made for an experience that i really fucking loved um the ending sucks the crashing problems were bizarre and terrible yeah like i i was able to consistently crash that game in the final secret boss fight and that sucks i thought it was really funny i love how it sounds i think it's a beautiful like looking game but yeah you know what this is this is probably the right place for it. Maybe the best sprites this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Even I'd have trouble with that one because I'm like, fuck Blasphemous. 
Arcade of Hyrule has really good sprites I don't know. Those well. co- the color design in River City Girls with those sprites. Yeah, I'm, I'm it's, very it's, pretty. Yeah, so. yeah it's, it's got it's such a nice art nice. direction. Like, I, I think the mixture of the, 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 the characters and the world mm-hmm. all as one as a single image is 10 out of 10. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> just such dicks. I've been so respectful to all your shitty games. Well, we're we're now into our top ten. I just wanna I just wanna make sure I just wanna count out the games here, make sure we definitely have ten. Um I'm actually do you guys wanna maybe construct a separate list in the bottom of this list to make things a little easier? Sure. I'm just going to I wanna make sure we have ten games and that there isn't like a, a jumble. Okay, so I'm Yeah, there's to, ten. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna pop all these down. Okay, on a, their own list down here. Okay. Do you guys want to do? Do we do? Do we, do we count back? The... Yeah, I think we should. Uh, oh fuck. Uh, I'll do it. Okay, let's let's start off. I've color coded it so yeah. in red. Brian is very very good with his color coding. Um, so uh, at number fifty one is Days Gone. At number 50 is Sayonara Wild Hearts. (laughs) Sayonara Wild Hearts. (laughs) Um, uh, At 49 is Super Kirby Clash. Um, At 48 is Toe Jam and Earl Back in the Groove. At 47 is One Piece World Seeker. At 46 is Catherine Full Body. At 45 is... Sagebrush at 44 is Yokai Watch 3. At 43 is Tetris 99. At 42, The Glass Staircase. And at 41 is The Friends of uh, Ringo Ishikawa. Then at 40, we have Observation. At 39, we have Katana Zero. Katana Zero. Katana. Sorry, Katana Zero. <laughs> I'm from Awfully Stop. <laughs> um, She's never seen a katana. No, like... <laughs> Neve, you own katanas. Oh, God. I had, like, an ornamental one, and then I looked out the window once, and my brother was there hacking a tree with it. <laughs> and I was like, it's ornamental! My man, he gets it. Um, at 38 is The Sinking City. At 37 is Man of Medan. At 36 is Mortal Kombat 11. At 35 is The Outer Worlds. <laughs> At 34 is Indivisible. At 33 is Shenmue 3. At 32 is The Outer Wilds. And at 31 is Ape Out. Number 30 is... Could be anything. Could be anything. Is Blasphemous... <laughs> <laughs> but it's blasphemous. <laughs> um, shit, where, where are numbers? Um, it's the uh, green ones. Yeah, I know. I can't find oh, 29. Oh. Ori in the Blind Forest is at 29. At 28, we're, at, we're with Judgment. 27 is... Samurai Showdown. And 26... What the Golf. 25 is Wargroove. 24. Astral Chain. 23 is Baba is You. 22 is Anodyne 2. 21. Momodora Reverie Under the Moonlight. 20 is Yoshi's Crafted World. 
number 19 is Apex Legends. Number 18 is Travis Strikes Again. Number 17 is Knights and Bikes. Number 16 is, is Zelda's Link's Awakening Remake. Number 15. Totally accurate battle simulator. Number 14 is Cadence of Hyrule. Number 13 is the Untitled Goose Game. Number 12 is Super Mario Maker 2. And number 11 is River City Girls. Okay. Um, I've, I've got the top 10 here. So in no particular order. Except alphabetical. Yep. Is A Plague Tale Innocence. Control. Devil May Cry Five, Death Stranding, Devotion, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Gatto Roboto, Luigi's Mansion Tree, Resident Evil Two, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice. You know what? That's a pretty alright order. Do you guys want to call it a day? <laughs> so what are we getting rid of? Whose turn is it? Shit. It's weird. At this point, I feel like turns nearly become irrelevant, but I guess we should keep it to keep some semblance of order. Yeah. Um, so, what was number 11, River City Girls? So that was you. That, that was technically that. your cut, Brian, because I cut Super Mario Maker. Yeah. And so then it's your choice now, Neve. Okay. Death Stranding. I can't believe it made it into our top 10. Yeah, honestly, I kind of wanted it to go out at 11. Neve. Talk to me about Plague Tale. What, John? Okay, Brian, talk to me about Gatto Robot. It's brilliant, John. You're gonna, you're gonna, John, gonna start a fire. Yeah, like you guys have already taken everything I love. And I do you died. love Death Stranding? Yes, you. Like, I love Death Stranding. Tell me your favorite parts about Death Stranding. When those motherfucking mules were chasing me, and I abseiled down a cliff, and I ran away like a mad bastard. And then they keep chasing you, and then it keeps happening. Every and it gets time it's very a, fucking they come annoying. After you in a car. I know, and there's like twenty of them, and you're like, "Oh, just fuck off!" I really just want to deliver my post. You're in the way. I think I can let go of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I can't believe it's in our top ten. Yeah, me neither. I, like, look, it would have been so say, funny in our top what, eleven. Say what you want about it, though. Like, it is one of the games we talked about most this year. It's one of the games collectively we played the most. Like. I yeah, get I, it. I played 40 this is hours. This fucking smell yeah. your own ass, dumb shit story. If you want to argue that the game doesn't do genuinely interesting things, it totally fucking does. Does it botch them? Yes. But does it do them? It does. I will agree that the gameplay is really interesting. I love that it's a environmental walking sim. Like, yeah. I think that's super really cool like and an super great. actual walking simulator. The first one. And it's like, it's like when you're building those, uh, in, like, when you're building just ways to navigate the world, like I'm putting down those zip lines everywhere. It's really fucking fun, like putting down zip lines and moving through the map and just making that stuff work. Good. I'm glad we I'm glad we got that. So for number ten, what no. are gets? No. <laughs> no way. The story is so awful. It is the most awful video game story I've ever experienced. It's just shit. It's other trash. It's not smart. It's not clever. Hideo Kojima isn't half as clever as he thinks he is. Okay, well, you see... It's pretentious and it's dumb. Okay, can I just give you (laughs) one little take I have on it, though? Yeah, go on. Okay. You know Samantha America's Strand? 
That's not even her name. Well, what's her name? <laughs> is it? Like, is it not Bridges yeah. or something? <laughs> Samantha. America. Samantha? Look, <laughs> all I remember. Emily? No, this is important. <laughs> all I remember Sam was James. John's birthday party, and every two minutes he would turn to me and go, "Sam Porter Bridges, Brian." <laughs> <laughs> Sam Porter Bridges and I'm like shut up John the president dies really quickly and then it becomes about Emily like I think I see I think her name changes to Samantha America something also but she's anyway, played so by the, the same the whole woman. goal is to save her right but what's her middle name Strand America okay sure <laughs> so it's about saving America who's right. the guy with the mask again um, Higgs no, the, Which, the, oh, the the guy who the, the, the other, the other just the one mask, not the two masks. <laughs> the guy, the, the uh, skull the mask. Die Hardman. Okay, Die Hardman. You know how in like and like, so during the week, this is so this is my bit about Death Stranding. During the week, I decided to replay a little game called Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Because Death Stranding had me so bamboozled that I was like, wait, does, Hige- does, does, does Hideo Kojima make good games? <laughs> is, Hideo, is Hideo Kojima bad at making video so games? So I went back and I played one of my favorite missions from The Phantom Pain. And that's the one where you rescue Huey Emmerich. And you have to go from one base to another and it takes about an hour. And at the end, the Sahelanthropus shows up and you have to run away and hide from it. Oh, that'd be it, so cool. It, it's, yeah. it, it's, just got, it's got a nice balance of like sneaking... Taking out guards, got the set pieces, got Anime a little bullshit. yeah, it, yeah, it's it's got it all. It's got a lot of cutscenes dabbled in between, um, but I remember that throughout the game, whenever you equip your binoculars, you have this running commentary from uh, Miller and from Ocelosh, and they're great company. I think the company that you have in Death Stranding with Die Hardman is just the most monotonous, lacking of any charm companion and i think like i think in kojima games i think like say what you want about the main character but the supporting cast are usually like a a great part of it Mm -hmm. and i do like mads mickelson's character in death stranding i like his design i like some of the like cutscenes that he has i like when when there's the flashbacks and he's talking to the baby from the baby's perspective i I, I like all that stuff i think whenever i got one of those i would stop playing the game or i would stop like you know looking at my phone because i do look at my phone and i distract myself while i play this game but i i I would actually like give it my full attention whenever he was on screen but and i i I did like um you want from the james bond movies what's her name leah saido fragile's character i liked fragile yeah yeah yeah. like uh i wish the game liked fragile more yeah she's treated badly in the game but leah sardo's like uh performance is so great that despite the terrible dialogue she needs to talk and speak out loud she she's a really likable character yeah she's fun i didn't like mama uh higgs is just the most troy baker fucking thing i've ever seen in my life he it's, sucks higgs sucks it's just it's someone in cosplay at a con um okay well with higgs actually this is this is collider called a higgs collider oh yeah we know yeah we know everyone knows sometimes i can see like kojima read a newspaper you know, you know like in persona when like you fuck up and your social link like gets turned upside down or goes down with someone i can see that happen in neve's face when we do these podcasts <laughs> Um, okay, so her name is actually Samantha America Strand. Um, it changes from Amelie, but she also has several other names. Can I read them out? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Okay. Extinction Entity, The Beach, Bridget Strand, Amerigo, 
and my personal favorite soul lie like, I think that's cool that she has a bunch of different names instead of a personality. I think that, I think that, that is... Brian, that's such a succinct criticism of Death Stranding. <laughs> it's true. Like, it's just a bunch of nicknames for people okay. you don't even know. You know, okay. I am fond of this game. I don't think all you the reasons... You have played the least of yeah, it, Yeah, though. I have, totally. Yeah. I, and I also think some of the reasons I'm fond of it... Is because I think it's literally the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Oh my god, is it? But I, I I do really like making roads in the game. But it doesn't stay fun stupid. It gets annoying stupid. I well believe that. Like, the mama and fragile stuff is just annoying. I honestly think the still mothers are probably one of the grossest concepts oh, I've really ever gross. experienced yeah. in a video game. And nothing said about it. Especially when the whole point of Death Stranding is it's a game about connection. And it's about like building bonds with people and then it's like what about these women why why is there no bond here and they're so faceless and the only still mother you kind of get to see is mad's wife and you don't get to see her you don't even it doesn't even pan up to see her head you can see her arm in the tank when you're seeing those uh shots they they probably reuse the body of literally anyone else yeah Yeah, it's just like female body number one Mm -hmm. and like with no face mama's story is awful i'm gonna fragile because we have 10 more games to get to here okay i know what happens when we talk about death stranding on this podcast i think 10 is um very generous of us and that's based completely on the gameplay for me i would have had river city girls before death (laughs) me too if you had just fucking said that but like it's hard because i also like (laughs) the shit about river city girls like breaking i can't there's nothing the the end the fact that that game breaks and the fact that it ends like so badly both those things combined mean like i i I couldn't let that into our top 10 as much as i personally like it okay i'm a very big person (laughs) (laughs) okay is is is, is that why death stranding is at number 10 yeah in our top 10 (laughs) because john's a big person (laughs) (laughs) hey this podcast exists because I'm a big person, because I'm able to look past all the awful <laughs> fucking shit I have to deal with every episode and our horrible, horrible fucking audience. <laughs> Neville, you, you're going to cut that bit yeah, out. Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, those fucking little bottom feeders listening to our misery every god, uh, leaving their goddamn comments and being like, oh, I really like your podcast. And it's like, well, thank you. I appreciate that. But I'm also really angry and I don't know why. Anyway, just cut all that, Neve. Sure, will do. Yeah, thanks. Um... It- so who cut that? <laughs> um, <laughs> Collectively at number 10. The 10th best game of 2019. So I'm going to add the hyphen. Uh, Sam Porter Bridges. So I, I, I've i added the hyphen. Neve, if you want to add the one there beside the hyphen. And- <laughs> no! <laughs> okay, it switched around so it's at zero one instead of one zero. Oh, well, it's fucking in there now, so... <laughs> no, we deleted one of the... I don't, like... Brian, I'm doing this on an iPad. I don't know what's happening. Okay, let me try. I'll do this. There we go. <laughs> that was the hardest Okay, thing. I just want to make sure we didn't... Word documents are hard when everyone's live messing with it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Was, I was just trying to help. Ten. Uh, who's going next? Uh, it was is it was it you is it me that's stranding sure yeah it was me okay then it's john next 
So, Neve, I feel like we kind of, I know the story to every other game on this list, but how strongly do you feel about A Plague Tale? Um, it can go out at nine. Honestly, I thought think it's kind of amazing it got into the top ten. <laughs> um, but on, honestly, it, this is this is kind of a, a a B title. Like it's not a full price title. It's forty euro, and uh, it does so much for what it is. There's so many environments. It, it's a new IP. Yeah. from a small studio and it seemed fucking cool and it made waves and I think that's awesome and I think that should be celebrated yeah it's like it's it's cool I want more games like this I want more like attempts to do something crazy and like this is someone was like hey let's do something about the plague <laughs> like in medieval France okay like I haven't played that before that's it's like it's interesting the cast are kids that manage not to be terribly annoying and they have a little fine found family the puzzles are good and engaging and it honestly looks amazing like it's beautiful uh a, a surprise a surprise for me since i did play it originally and it didn't like i didn't love it at the start but the more i went with it the more i was like if they do another one of these i'll be i'll be there to play it like this is great yeah fair play to them <laughs> brian yeah Fucking do it. Fucking do it, John. I already did one. Did you? Yeah, I just caught. A plague tale. Okay, that's me. Yeah. Gonna fucking do it. Gato Roboto <laughs> is in at number eight. <laughs> Should it be there? Hey. It doesn't matter. So I think I think out of the three of us, Brian is like by far the most chill, right? He does get pretty emotional during these game of the years. Remember that one year he took out a knife? <laughs> And he held it to his own throat. And he was like, I'll fucking do it. I'll fucking do it. And we were like, okay, Brian, Shadow of the Colossus can win best photo mode. It didn't. It didn't. <laughs> Spider-Man won it. it what? A- we gave an award to Spider-Man? Spider-Man has a good photo mode. Like, it, we basically argued that it was the best thing about the game. Okay, so do you, do you remember that year? I think that game of the year, you guys ragged on Spider-Man for like 20 fucking minutes. And yes, I don't like it. I, I put up the pre-show and I saw how fucking angry people were for the shit you said during the photo mode. So I actually cut down a lot of what you said about Sp- just because I didn't want to deal with the comments. Yeah, it's mad that people like, like it. Well, people didn't even mind. And I was like, yeah, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's insane that people like that shitty, shitty, boring game. <laughs> Look, it's been a year and I'm sure people have gone like, hey, hang on a second. We were all fools. Okay, I'm going to go with Gato Roboto at number eight. Um, Beautiful, charming little game. Yeah, uh, eight is my favorite number, so I'm glad it's at number eight. That's very Brian. <laughs> yeah, very yeah. Brian. Okay, let me say some nice things about Gato Roboto. Uh, this was my fourth favorite game of this year, and it's my favorite indie game of the year. Uh, I love the pixel art. It's the right amount of minimal detail versus information uh, and it allows the player to fill in the rest of the blanks it's a fucking joy uh, and while the art isn't that layered i found the music was very layered and, oh my god yeah and the mu- so like with the art it's it's very cute and it's really cartoony yeah the music's kind of like fucked up it's like a haunting atmosphere and sad it sounds like a robot dying in a sewer <laughs> 
but with like a synth bass. It's it's great. Yeah. Uh, the gameplay is super tight. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It just it's a fits like a glove. Um, there is nothing wrong with this game. Yeah, it's a two-hour game uh, that never drops drops the momentum from start to finish. Uh, it's got funny and cute characters, and I love that it's just a simple story that's very relatable about a pet and the pet owner. And I think anyone out there who has a pet and kind of imagines your relationship to be a deeper bond than it probably is, and you imagine that maybe your pet would save you someday if you were trapped on the spaceship. <laughs> ah, that old chestnut. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like, you, you know you know how you kind of give your pet an imaginary world? Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of my closest, like, animal bonds have been with cats, and I know that if I died, they'd just eat my face. Yeah, and I just think it's nice that this cat doesn't eat your face, but rather gets in a mech and fucking blasts your way out of there. Uh, Kiki the Cat's a cool character, and I love this game. Yeah, um, I really like it. It frequently drops drops to sub at like 10, 10 euro, $10 on Switch. Um, if you're into the kind of horse shit that me and Brian are into, <laughs> like this is absolutely the game for you. <clears throat> is it me now? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to cut control. I am shocked. Really? I thought I was going to have to pry that one from your cold, dead hands. I, I I really like Control, but I think like this, I think it's a niche game. I think if you, if that doesn't appeal to you, it's not going to appeal to you. I love everything they did with the, uh, the oldest house. I thought that was an, a great location, probably one of the best locations uh, in games for me. I love how they play with environmental design. And just the kind of, they ground the absurd in the mundanity of just kind of corporate culture, corporate life, working in a place. Like supernatural, crazy shit crossed with like just mundane office bureaucracy. Yeah, and it it works so well. It was one of the games where... I wanted to read every single codex just to find out more about that world because I was so into it. And the writing in the codex and the kind of collectibles was always really interesting and really engaging. Um, It does have its faults in that it doesn't play particularly well if you're playing it on anything other than um, the PS4 Pro or the Xbox One X. If you're playing it on a base console, it's it's kind of unplayable for a lot of people. They, I know they've patched it and it's better, but I think it's shitty to release a 60 euro game and someone to bring that home and have that experience with it. I think that's kind of crappy. Um, the combat, I grew to love it, but there was moments of frustration with that uh, a lot. And I think stuff like the... Um, the upgrades for your gun that you can generate and just the upgrades that you can use on yourself, the kind of, uh, you know what I'm talking about, Brian? Yeah. I honestly felt it was unnecessary. Like, I didn't yeah, really need I that stuff yeah. at all. Yeah. It, it, it It's a waste of time. It, yeah. It's a waste of resources. Um, it, I don't know why it's in there because everything else is kind of adding to the game and mm-hmm. feeds back into the overall, you know, run and, you know, loot and, yeah, like you know, like because there 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 is a bit of a treasure hunting aspect to it. Yeah, which I like. Um, but yeah, it seems like a waste of resources. 
it's a it's a real genre game. It's like there isn't really anything like it. And I'm glad Remedy get to kind of make their unique games in their unique voice. There's like really cool stuff like the rule of three and them not really explaining that to you and having to like click the light bulb down three times to make a new pathway into something else and just matching doing puzzle matching <clears throat> games to progress. And there's still so much mystery in it that it's one of the games this year that I want to buy the DLC for or if there's a continuation in the narrative because I feel like they yeah. have infinite stuff they could do with that space. You could see them doing some fucking wild stuff with yeah. the DLC. Yeah, like they've set up a really cool world that I, I feel like I got my full with the 60 euro game, but I want I like it so much that I would go further. Yeah, it, it has some really, really fun moments. Like I love the one of the guy staring at the fridge that's just funny it's so fucking funny I, I really like the the special effects as well with the kinetic blasts mm. yeah it just looks great um i kind of i kind of said my bit on control when we talked about it i think in the same way neve like um what was the game earlier we were talking about that just kind of repulsed you <laughs> repulsed not- like as in you just couldn't even oh the outer worlds so this is that to me where like i just I found the game so difficult to get into. I nearly don't feel right criticizing it because I just, every part of it wasn't something that clicked with me. But I do respect how much like you you both got from it. And I also respect that it is a new IP doing something completely like weird and different. And I'm, I'm kind of like that part of it, I, I really do appreciate. And like, even, you know, the parts of it that stood out to me, like you were saying about the fridge, Brian, I thought that was that, like, just watching that whole concept I thought was great you know stuff like that was really cool yeah I know I, I do really like that there's other people um, in the building and there's gaps where like you're not fighting anyone and you just get to have a chat with like the staff and they're talking about how great it's how like how it's such a great company to work for and, like the children's cartoon the children's program stuff was really fun as well using the mixed media in the yeah. game like Remedy there's kind of sometimes no one really liked them like at the end of the game there's a music video with one of the actors just dancing and it's just like it, like they're they're willing to do that, there, that kind of there stuff isn't, there isn't any game out like this yeah. at the moment um, I thought the boss battles were weak but I thought the, the boss, one of the boss battles is what made me drop it yeah. I just dropped down through one of the holes in the floor for like the sixth time and I was like I'm done yeah. but then I think the the like the main uh, like like challenges aren't like the enemies with the big meters. It's more the obstacle you need to scale are mm-hmm. the bigger boss challenges. Um, and I think they're done pretty well. The aesthetic was really strong. I loved its vibe. I like the flamingo boss was just really cool. Like the room full of clocks. Like, oh my god, all those clocks. It was just like, it It, it did really special stuff in that regard. I kind of liked its unique approach to storytelling as well. Like, I can see how that could be off-putting for a lot of people, but I liked that Jesse needed to have kind of these internal conversations because there was no people really around. But then also the secondary characters were pretty fun. Like, I liked uh, the janitor and... like He's so nice. He's very nice. Um, and it was just, it was a fun place to spend a while in because it was so unique that's control the number seven game of this year so it's my turn to cut next Mm -hmm. yeah i wasn't sure i was feeling this game 
like maybe two or three hours in and I spent a lot of time with it this week and really ended up coming around on it. And to the point that like I have a I have a day off tomorrow and it's probably gonna be my last day off for a little while. And I'm really looking forward to playing Luigi's Mansion 3. But I think maybe this is as far as it goes. Oh, I re- it's my favorite game of the year. It's your it's your game of the year. Yeah. Is is Sekiro anyone's favorite game of the year? Because no, I because I like that game. I, I, but like I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I'd sacrifice. I'd sacrifice one of your games before Sekiro. It's like I don't think any of us would do deals on Sekiro for a different game here. I don't, game I don't know, Brian. I don't know, I don't know about yeah. that. Because there's other games here that I would do a deal with either of you on. And that's the thing. Okay, why don't you put out a suggestion, Brian? Sekiro at number six. Why don't you put out one that we haven't already turned down? <laughs> Devil May Cry, Cry... Devil May Cry 5. I can't even say it right. I would agree with Devil May Cry 5. I, 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 I prefer Sekiro to Devil May Cry. Me too. Do you prefer Luigi's Mansion 3 to Devil May Cry 5, Neve? I was charmed by Luigi's Mansion 3 a lot, and I it did something really interesting that I haven't seen done before. Like, you know me and looking for mirrors in games. I like how the mirror in, like, Luigi's Mansion is part of the world design and the gameplay. So you have to interact with stuff on the wall that's the cutout wall for the camera. Why did I fucking bring you in on this question? <laughs> you just fucking do the same shit. You all mirrors. No one cares, Neve. No one fucking cares about mirrors in games. Thanks, Neve. Uh, I, I, I was actually, like, quite charmed with it. Um, So, I don't know. I, I, I preferred Luigi's Mansion 3 to Devil May Cry 5. As do I. And Sekiro. And all these other games. I need a minute. John, there's other games here and I know... I, I think you might misunderstand how much I love Devil May Cry 5. Because it's a lot. And I think I can cut it but the fact that that's not getting into our top five really, really hurts when fucking weak ass horse shit like Resident Evil Two is. Shut up! Like that's just bullshit. Oh, that game's great. Yeah, Resident Evil Two is great. Yeah, Resident Evil Two is the death of survival horror, and you are the people who killed it. I'm just being mean. I'm sorry. It was I'm always... very hurt right now. I'm not myself. I'm not doing so good. Look, it's been this has been a hot point since February we've always known that the two Capcom darlings that uh, that were made in the same building one floor above the other we're gonna have to go head to head at some point if you take Devil May 5 5 Devil May 5 <laughs> I see exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah I get what you you know I was skeptical Brian but now I find myself in the same position Nero and just the lads just say DMC5 there you if go if you take Devil May Cry 5 away from me now I have one pony left in this fight and I'll help you John I'll help you but then why not get rid of Sekiro do you do you prefer Sekiro to Devil May Cry 5 I don't I think we do yeah yeah we do mm-hmm. yes yeah Neve. I'm being the bigger person. <laughs> we get it. You're huge. I'm uh, so big. A big, a big boy. I'm a big boy. 
is How this, long have we been podcasting for? This, okay, so so this morning John was like, "Do you know this is our fifth game of the year?" And now it's got to the point where John's saying he's a big boy, and we are we are two hours in, and you know we're getting into like what's going to be in the top five and what what is into. Does that include the pre-show? No, the pre-show no. was another hour. So this. So is, we've been podcasting for three because I feel my mind slipping. We we are three hours in. I'd say we got a good hour left because like there's gonna be a lot of like it, we like right now we're playing Operation not, and our hands are wobbling. I don't know if our energy, our bodies will make it that long. Okay, fuck it. Look, <clears throat> Devil May Cry Five. What is a crime? You know, it's 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 an event where someone is wronged or even a thing. You know, should inanimate objects be protected under law for their own sake i think they should i think you shouldn't do awful things to beautiful creations which is what is happening right now with devil may cry 5 um virgil's hair is shit looking he's old and crap now of course it is. <laughs> his forehead's bad <laughs> like, it's, it's, a, forehead. it's such an upsetting forehead it's a tetsuo forehead oh jesus oh. christ it's so lumpy dude devil may cry 5 is a fucking amazing game it is like it is the ab- like i said something else was the opposite of shenmue 3 fuck it forget i said that this is the opposite of shenmue 3 this is a game that comes out after so long and fucking eclipses everything that came before it i think this is hands down the best devil may cry game i think the gameplay of this is maybe the first combat i like better than bayonetta 2 Whoa. i absolutely fucking love it there's stuff I know you guys don't like about it, like the story and characters. I love every fucking bit of it. Just just put it all inside me and sew me up and bury me beneath the earth and let me die with this beautiful, beautiful game that you goddamn monsters don't understand. Even the bit where he moonwalks with a hat? You know what? I could have... Just Trish and Lady being completely underused despite being cool, popular characters. Yeah, that's bad. But the moonwalking... <laughs> I, I watched that documentary and then later that day I was like that was a bit heavy I'm gonna go play Devil May Cry 5 and then that happened yeah, you got your you got your tribute also to be fair the moonwalk was stolen from someone else as well so yeah you know. it's not just the moonwalk he he does like the crotch grab and... yeah he does he does the whole fucking thing um, Dante's annoying he likes pizza no need Dante's the worst character no I, I think Nero's worse. Oh, I like Nero. Nero. Nero's, Nero's cute. Nero's sweet. No, I like Dante because there's the... that one bit where he's on the motorcycle and he looks right at the camera no, you know and what? he does that weird fucked up smile. Oh. And that... fuck, you, fuck you both. <laughs> They're both great. Everyone in this game is great. Nero's an old man who won't get over his shit. It's just like every game about of Devil May Cry is Nero and... You mean Virgil? Sorry, Virgil and Dante fighting with each other. And it's just like, just get over it, That's guys. That's what the fucking game's about, Neve. I know. They're wrong for doing that. And the game points out that they're wrong for I doing know, it. I know, but it's so annoying. And, 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 and the Nico, boss? Nico's cool. Nico's I, so good. She's lovely. Yeah, I love Nico. The I, game I, should be about Nero and Nico going hunting demons. I would be totally down for that. But v what can we got instead? Yeah, fantastic. V, v can watch from a distance and read a poem. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, I really, really loved the the, the main game. I thought it was great. I loved the last boss fight. I loved it all. I know what you're saying about Dante and Nero being stupid, but I really think the game kind of acknowledges that. I like Nero. It's Dante, D- not, and not Dante, Dante and Virgil. Now I'm doing it. Um, 
But to be honest with you, my favorite part of this game was getting into the Bloody Palace and just really, really learning how that combat system works. And it just, I kept learning new tricks. I kept learning new techniques. I'd have to change up my behavior for every, like, not even just enemy, but combination of enemies. And learning that shit was so much fun. I think part of it as well is your girlfriend Rebecca was also playing through it um, and trying to, like, do better than her was a lot of fun. What floor did you get to? Uh, not as high as she did, which was constantly devastating, but I got over it. Um, did you? No. Um, <laughs> I love this game, and I I get, the, I get the, like, you know, it didn't click with either of you the way it did me, and I think this is the right amount for it. Like, this is okay. But um, this, this is my second favorite game of the year. Okay. Okay. we're into our top five congratulations all of these games congratulations to devotion fire emblem three houses luigi's manchies three luigi's manchies three <laughs> resident luigi's Evil 2, and sekiro so whose go is it now i don't even <laughs> i don't think it matters anymore yeah um fuck it brian do you wanna okay um, I think as a group, we all prefer Sekiro to Luigi's Mansion 3. Yes. So I'm going to put Luigi's Mansion 3 in at number five. Is that fair? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm going to say some nice things about Luigi's Mansion 3, which is my favorite game of the year. Gameplay was a bit rubbish, but... Yeah, kind of shite. Yeah. <laughs> kind of weird decision with that. <laughs> <laughs> Gameplay is amazing. <laughs> no, that's all right. I said it looks amazing. Um, there's a lot. <coughs> there's a lot of detailed animation and subtle movements. Um, great music and atmosphere. Um, it's got a real organic structure to the game. Nicely paced. Introduces the hotel floors out of order, which I really, really liked. Just room hopping all over the place. Uh, the controls are customizable. Uh, which makes the gameplay much more accessible. I think the default controls are not good, uh, but I play that game like how I play Splatoon with the gyro on, and it's much better. Um, it has a linear story, but I still found it, uh, but like, I'm really, really looking forward to replaying it next year. Um, and I can't wait to see what they do with it, with awesome games done quick, because you could definitely sequence break a lot of it. Um, and it's just one of those games where it's kind of like Bloodborne, where like, I have particular rooms and areas kind of burnt into me now because I just really, really enjoyed the the like to and from with it. Um, my favorite thing about the game though is going into a room and just tossing, tossing it, just wrecking the fucking thing. And I love in, suck it up coats. Yeah, I I just like how everything in the room is interactive, um, but only via the poltergust. And all you can do is like either like sucker blowish or <laughs> shake it. Uh, I love that. That's your <clears throat> noun for this game, though. Like it's not jump, it's not shoot. It's <laughs> sucker suck. blow, suck <laughs> or blow. Yeah, um, I love treasure hunting games, and I just love that the main two kind of aspects of this game. Like I know you're trying to rescue your friends from a haunted hotel. 
but the two main things you do in the game are you hunt for treasure and you destroy rooms. And I think there are two great things that you can do in a video game, but you can't really do in real life. And I like that escapism about it. And towards the end, you get, um, you rescue your friends. You get some really, really interesting cutscenes. And I've never seen this done in any other Mario game, but you get to see Mario from Luigi's perspective. And Mario is such a dick. Yeah. Oh my God. Are you serious? Yeah. And it just like, it really, really makes you feel like the younger brother, the underdog, and that like, you're when always. do that? Right at the very end. There's a very, very good cutscene. And, well, like, it's not a cutscene, but like, there is an NPC of Mario and you're following him ahead of you. And. Oh, that's I, so cool. I really don't want to say much more than that, but it, right. it, 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 it just does a good job of kind of like framing their relationship. But from the perspective of Luigi, which is which which is rarely done, and I think Luigi is a much more interesting character than Mario. Um, I love that he's like, he's he's a scared guy. He's still scared, but he's still a ghost hunter. He owns that fear. He uses it, and it keeps him alert. I like that too. It's just like he's so terrified that his teeth are chattering, and he's like he has his little like animation where he stumbles back, but he's still pushing forward. Yeah, you know. But that's what makes him like brave. Yeah, mm-hmm. like if he wasn't scared, he wouldn't be brave. Yeah, yeah. I, I just he it makes him more relatable because I think if I was in that situation, like it's, it's a fucking scary game. Yeah, um, <laughs> didn't it win like best family game at the Game Awards? Did it? I think it did. I I don't. I don't this is the only Game Awards. I oh yeah, yeah. Win. Sorry, 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 Jeff. I never mind. That's all I got. Hell did, of a game. Looking, yeah. can't wait to play more. Did you guys have any other observations about Luigi's Mansion Tree? I loved how uh, the animation for everything, how there's so many little bespoke things like Luigi when he does get stares, he's scared. He has that like little stiff animation that he pops into. Oh yeah, yeah, his back gets all rigid. Yeah, it's really fun. I like how there's like kind of weird visual jokes. Like you go into the doctor's room and there's something under the mattress, really obviously like a fucking body or something. (laughs) And like you can't suck it or do anything with it. It's just there. And you're like, that's kind of messed up and kind of has this dark edge to it. Um, I like the combat it's kind of fun like like it kind of layers it on like I wasn't expecting to have like the suckers that you can like shoot out oh yeah, I new. love sucking the string on them yeah like they, 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 they've also added the new thing where like you could suck an enemy and then swing them back and forth yeah. and take a good chunk of health off that, that wasn't in the original game and I think that caused a lot of the like game length was the monotony of like the countdown yeah. of sucking up a ghost yeah. but like the game now knows I couldn't that, imagine playing it without them yeah, because um, I yeah, cause I replayed the original game on the 3DS as a port last year and found it very, very disappointing to return to. Yeah, um, pleasant surprise. I don't really like Mario games in general, but I think I like Luigi. My boy, Weege. Luigi's Mansion, number five. Neve. Number four, what's it going to be? Sekiro. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're ready to let go of Sekiro. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think it's a game we all agree is fantastic, but it's none of our number one 
one it's game. It's crazy because I think I don't remember who said what, but I remember for like predictions at the start of the year, one of them was Sekiro will not be in our number three. And uh, I'm pretty sure we we're all like, I can't imagine Sekiro not being in our top three. And honestly, this is further than I thought it would go. Yeah, me too. But I think when you do it like this, when you're cutting games one by one, <clears throat> it really makes you explore why you feel the way you feel about something. And honestly, I I, I, I fucking really like Sekiro a lot. Like, it's one of my favorite games this year. Me too. Um, Sekiro was one of the most inspiring games I played this year. It made me draw so much. Like the the character designs and that world is so bleak and so they're so cool. Like those designs, I really really like them a lot. It is such a hard game. Like it is such a painfully difficult game that challenges me to do a type of gameplay I would never ever gravitate to. And at the start when you have that very first guy that you have to do the that move he has the spear yeah for the very first time the i just he carries stance yes yeah. uh i couldn't get that for so long that i was just like oh man i bought this game and i can't get past this and there was a lot of people like you guys and just people on twitter were just like no keep going with it keep going with it and i did and i beat a bunch of the bosses that i never ever thought i could beat like ganichiro fucking drove me nuts but i beat him and that's kind of the most fulfilling boss fight I think I've ever had because of wow. that. Yeah, no, cool. Because like it's like I, I like I overcame that and the difficulty was really part of that journey for me and that works back into the story. It 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 it, it was challenging. Like not my favorite from soft game. No, same. No. No, and part of it to me is just like the world. It's just I feel like Dark Souls is just this... Every Dark Souls. Like, even 2. Like, people say there's no shit in 2. There fucking is. But it's like... Every one of those worlds is so layered and Mm. just fucking, like, sumptuous. Like, there's so much to it. There's definitely stuff to Sekiro, but, like, it's not on the same level. I think when you get to make a character in, like, Bloodborne and Dark Souls, it's kind of the world is yours to explore and to uncover as you do it as the character... With Sekiro, Sekiro's his own dude, like, and this is a a story that's kind of revolving around him, and I feel like I'm kind of on a journey in this narrative, and I'm not really uncovering it and making it my own in the same way I did with Bloodborne or Dark Souls, and that's a lot of what I love about the FromSoft games is exploring that world as a tourist or someone who doesn't know what the hell the deal is. Yeah. Uh, And with Sekiro, I felt like... Like, I had to embody a character instead of kind of be what I wanted to be, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to the the part with the great snake. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a lot of fun. That mm. was... I nearly put that in instead of the Guardian 8 boss fight. But um, that snake made me feel fear in a way that very few games... Maybe nothing ever really has. Like, just... And not, like, horror... But, like, just this primal, oh, my God, I hope it doesn't see me. Like, I felt like a tiny, insignificant little creature. And it was so beautifully modeled and textured. And, you know, when it opens its mouth and there's all these, like, parts in its mouth that are moving independently? Yeah. Fucking brilliant. 
Um, I really love that part of the game. It's a frustrating part, and I don't think they signpost what you're meant to be doing very well. I I fell through one of the platforms on the first go, and it really took me out of it. Yeah, repeating it like eight or nine times kind of saps the magic. But that like the first time you saw that snake, Mm -hmm. because up until then, there hadn't really been anything supernatural except in a forking path that you can totally miss. And I didn't think there was going to be anything supernatural. And then that thing shows up and it's just like your understanding of this world implodes. And it's such a beautiful moment. I really loved the uh, grappling hook hook and the kind of verticality it introduced to the world, like with the snake and stuff. There's a lot of traveling up and down mountain ranges. And I thought that was really cool. Like those environments are beautiful and the sense of scale that some of the bosses kind of have is is yeah. is kind of mind-blowing who's the lad on the horse again uh, oh god general something <laughs> I, 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 so so one thing i like about the bosses is that they introduce themselves and talk a good chunk during the battles in in piece in, in, in bits and pieces in 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 the other from software games i think it's like maybe father gascoigne talks a little bit but for the most of the time they don't really have anything to no. say to you. A lot of times they're not able to talk. Yeah, but these guys are real talkers and they want to tell you all about it. <laughs> and I like that about it. Um, definitely some of my favorite boss battles are in this game. I did hit a wall when I fought Owl. Did you ever beat it? No, I couldn't get past Owl and I didn't enjoy that fight. Owl is one of the hardest boss fights. Yeah, uh, he just I, he just uses a lot of dirty tricks. Madam Butterfly or... Lady Butterfly. Yeah, I, yeah. I got her. She was she a was fun so fight. Good, yeah. yeah, that was that was one of the ones that was like it was challenging but doable. So I was like, this is fun. <laughs> That's Sekiro. Number four. Three games left: Devotion, Fire Emblem, Resident Evil Two. I think we cut Devotion. Hmm. Here's my logic with cutting Devotion. Um. People can't play this game. I know, like, you got to play this game and Brian got to play it because you let him play it, but it's just, like... Like, it's number... If getting to number three and, like, it's just unplayable. Like, even if you tell me that this is the best game and it's, like, it sounds great, like, I'm really into it, I can't go play it and that's really frustrating for a game. Here's my logic with Devotion. Okay. People can't play it. No one knows how good it is. We gotta let them know. It's a very good game. I played it last night. Now, listeners, if you guys want to play Devotion, uh, go come over to John's. Um, yep. John, can I give out your address? Yeah, yeah, don't go for it. Okay, so uh, it is in Dublin. Uh, will I say the area code, John? Yeah, yeah, no, go for it. Are you sure you want me to commit to this? Brian, bro? fuck off. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> um that's like the only downside to devotion it's like a club a special club that i was allowed into so this is the taiwanese horror game that had some anti-chinese propaganda in it um and was taken and had to be taken down so you can't actually play or buy it which is awful because this is one of the best games i've ever ever played um it's easily the best horror game I've played since in maybe like 18 years and it's such a beautiful piece of storytelling 
it's genuinely horrifying it's really engaging from start to finish so let's say we caught resident evil 2 okay i play both Re devotion resident evil 2 and i love both of these games devotion is a two-hour game and i played from start to finish at one sitting and it was fantastic Resident Evil 2. You guys love Resident Evil 2. I love, yeah. I love Mr. X so Talk much. It. it is, it's like, it manages to feel classic and fresh. Like, it's very stripped back in a game. It only has the pieces it's ne you need. You arrive at the police station slash old museum. <laughs> <laughs> Just a big old America building. <laughs> And it's just, the game looks great. The lighting is so great and it really lends to just being an intense, scary experience for your, the first few hours that you're trying to learn how to move through the world. But then the game is also really helpful in that regard. Its map system is really great. It does a thing where it marks off places you've been and it marks items that you have found in the world. So you can add to your inventory and kind of plan routes around where you know things are. So you might need to fight the zombies as much as you did. And like the zombies are scary and you don't know if you can take them out and stuff. So trying to learning how to manage them and knowing which ones are good to shoot and which ones are good to move through is such a part of that game where the gameplay, the shooting gameplay becomes part of the puzzle and you're also trying to solve puzzles while doing it. It also does a great thing with its pacing. Once you start to feel a little bit comfortable with the police station and the zombies, they introduce liquors and now you've got choke points and now you have to try and manage those choke points, know what kind of items you can find in different rooms to use and be like, is it worth my time going back there or do I take what I need now and I leave these things because I know a choke point is here. Then once you get a little used to the liquors, our big booted boy comes after you, Mr. Big X. Big booted boy. <laughs> big booted boy. Mr. I, X I appears. I shot that hat off right away. Yes. <laughs> so and the funny. animations are so good. Shoot his hat off and he pats his head. He's looking where his hat. <laughs> it's so great. He's trying to look like a human. So you're now trying to solve puzzles. Use your knowledge of the area. Use the map. And... You got this guy chasing you. So there's this really good bit I love in the library where you're trying to do that bit where you're trying to get the bookcases together and he's after you so much. So you go up the stairs, he's walking around and yeah. his vision never leaves you. I really love that it's in a brightly lit room as yeah. well. And you're just like, <laughs> it's like you're a kid and like, it's like your parent is trying to like get you to make you go to bed. <laughs> and you're just like running around the couch and as long as you're on one side of the couch and your parent is on the other side they can't get you mm -hmm. but it's a survival horror so you're trying to make enough time just to get that bit of the puzzle in there as fast as possible and you're just like oh shit i think he's behind me and the camera's just close enough where you kind of have to listen out for him and it uses 3d audio and even like like you can just kind of feel him and you're like, I feel enough time is there that he's either going to just swing and punch me or I'm going to be able to move. And it's just like, he's such a great character. He's such a great 
he's a character as a piece of gameplay and it's just it brings so much to to it um like i i like the characters i have a lot of fun with claire and leon as people and kind of playing as them was a great like it was just a great entertaining thing to do this year um like i can keep going really like it's a very good game you know what eve you kind of won me over sounds like the number three best game out this year <laughs> let's talk about fire emblem fire emblem three houses that's all in our top games like that's like no no no. You didn't like it? I, I liked it, but not as much as a lot of the stuff that came out this year. Like, it probably wouldn't be in my top ten. No. That's oh. insane. I think it's my second favorite game of the year. Do you want, me, do you want to know why? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think the battles are good. I think it's very serviceable turn-based combat, and that's it don't think I agree with that. I found some of the battles pretty fun and kind of stressful. Yeah. Like, they're they're fine. I think that's a taste thing, then. Like, I don't think they're badly designed. I think it would be a taste thing if I felt that way about all turn-based combat. But I don't. I, I... You're not really communicating what it is about them that you weren't... Like, is the pacing bad? Um, a lot of it's to do with the difficulty... Mm. I just steamrolled most fights and there wasn't like I never found that like nice balance with it do you know and this involves like playing it through on normal and then starting again on hard mm. and both times I just there was very little challenge to it and you, and you have the permadeath on um, I had the permadeath on for normal and then off for hard but neither of it kind of clicked okay because I, I play with normal with permadeath on mm. And I, I, and, yeah, I played, and I, I'd be time traveling all the time because I kept making like bad decisions, or I, I just. I did think it was on the easier side, and I didn't use like compared to other stuff. But like, I also felt there was a natural progression of it getting harder towards the end, where battles became more intense. Like, I feel at the start they are kind of students in a school, and you're kind of doing a bit of grunt work. Yeah, they're just doing mock battles for yeah, a whole bunch. So it feels a bit easy, and like. And like then I was kind of like steamrolling it. I didn't really have to think about it. But as it got towards more end game and the kind of narrative kind of uh, started pumping up with with the battles, I did feel there was a lot more to it. It never got hard, hard yeah. like. But also like I, I but it don't was there necessarily. Um, this isn't like necessarily like a, a huge criticism for me because I also don't think like the battles is why you're really playing this game. Yeah, I mean I like it. Well, you like it, but I'm guessing, like, it's the stories and characters that you really like. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You're, and, like, I don't have any criticisms there. I think they're fantastic. Mm. I think the writing in this game is fucking exceptional. I think the way they build, like, bonds between you and the characters. I've seen other games do it better where I think they overlap the bonds between, like, your characters and gameplay. But I don't think I've seen many games of this type with genuinely better writing than these characters have. I thought the amount of characters where I was like, oh, I don't like this guy at all. And then they ended up being my favorite fucking character. Like Hubert, Hubert and Edelgard are so good. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I love the writing in this. I love the character writing because like I was kind of afraid going into this that it would be really tropey anime stuff yep. and every character is more than their trope you know, in and every like, they way. No, places. Yeah. You know, like, um, is it Bridget? The purple-haired archer? Yeah. Oh, poor girl. Some rough shit with her. Yeah. Because she'd just be Wat- Wat- Watamote in any other thing. Mm. She'd yeah. just be like... Oh my god, I never made that connection. But she is just like... Completely. The anxious disaster girl. Um, I really, really liked as well that it has, it's inspired by a lot of Celtic mythology. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a personal level, I found that like really charming and makes it more memorable and gives me a stronger connection to it. Yeah, I thought that was fun. I thought like kind of those things by way of Japan is always really interesting and fun. Yeah. Uh, also, you get such a bang for your book. Like we all, we all played like um, Black Eagle House, but like anyone who played like Golden Deer or like Blue Lines, they're just as passionate. All those characters are just as good and yeah. fun, yeah. and like there's so much replayability because yeah. you don't spend time with those characters if you're not in that house in the same way. Mm. Yeah, I didn't touch the Blue Lion stuff, and there's like two versions of Dimitri where like there's Happy Dimitri, and then there's fucked up yeah, yeah fucked up dimitri with the eye patch shit and i don't know what happened there but he's not happy mm-hmm. um i think the like it's a fire emblem game there's a time skip they're always like that this is this is the best time skip they've ever done really interesting the time skip was great because as well like if you guys want to talk about it talk about it like with edelgard pre time skip she's kind of distant with you and stuff and then after time skip like there's like she's clearly missed you and that comes across and she's way more open with her feelings and like I thought the writing was just very naturalistic where they use the time in between for these characters to kind of grow and not in a I knew them one way and now they're this way it's kind of like this feels really organic like uh, they feel like they have grown into the person that what, they were what's aiming the for circumstances with the time skip um, so the school you're in is run by a religious organization and that religion is a big fucking deal and you may or may not be the chosen one you have uh an ancient goddess talking to you is who they who they worship the religion worships yeah and but the whole thing is is that the religion is kind of it's got a chokehold on the politics of the country as well and a lot of the kids at the school are going to be the political leaders in the future. Yeah, yeah, no, I get all that. But like, what's what are the actual plot circumstances? Why does the time skip happen? So for Black Eagles, um, you get a choice where Edelgard and Hubert and Co are going to overthrow the school and expose the religion for what it actually is, and that it's that the basically the pope is actually a dragon nice i knew it Mm -hmm. and it comes out in both ways where she turns into a dragon and if you're sided with her you're impressed with it if you're against her you see her as a beast which i thought was very interesting it's either celebrated or feared um and depending on how you feel about the religion Mm -hmm. and Um, about its kind of control over everything else and how it's being used for educational and political purposes. It's like, the game does some fascinating stuff with its story. Like, genuinely meaningful and interesting. 
<sighs> Brian, over Resident Evil 2 or Fire Emblem, where would you be with those two? Um, I'd pick Fire Emblem over Resident Evil 2. Mm-hmm. But then I'm really split down the middle of Devotion because they're both really, really good survival horrors. And like Resident Evil 2 does chases better than Devotion. But then Devotion... The worst part of Devotion is the chase. Is the chase. Yeah. But then Devotion does the atmosphere 100%. And there was a lot of me going, uh-oh, yeah. oh no. Oh, I and was like, watching television and I could just hear Brian going, oh. And the puzzle solving in both games is really, really good. There's some nice, like, that makes sense. And then you go, oh yeah, I remember. And, like, and they're two completely different types of, like, puzzle solving but it still is just combining a with b at location c which is what both of those games are essentially um and one is you know a triple a horror game and the other one is a low budget indie horror game that is struggling to get attention now because you can't play it it's not like it's struggling i don't think it should be punished for that i don't think it's being punished it got to three in our top 10 like, I don't think it's being punished at all. Well, you're using it as a detriment. Uh, well, it, I can't play it. Like, I can't enjoy this game that you're telling me is really good. Like, and I think that's really sad and shitty for the developers. But I also like, like, this is the Let's Fight a Boss Game of the Year awards. And I cannot play this game no matter how much I would like to play it. And it is at number three currently. And you want it to go to number two. And I understand just kind of like this game should have eyes on it and what it was doing is really good and it's talking about cults and trauma and generational trauma and that's all really cool stuff that I would love to experience you know and that's kind of the rub for me is like I can't and it's not the developer's fault at all but there's just the number three game on this list is kind of crazy for a title that I cannot experience at all see i guess the problem there is like i kind of just i'm on the other side of it where it's like i have played it you know what i mean yeah and it's like to me like my guiding light with this stuff every time is how strongly do i feel about it you know and it's difficult then because it's like am i meant to feel less about it because like it is unavailable no, I don't think you should feel less, but I think there is an acknowledgement that it can't be experienced by people. And I think that is a mark against it as a video game that is meant to be played. And it's kind of like, well, I got to play it and like, I get it, but it's at number three of a top ten. Yeah, but then like, you know, I'm not that into Resident Evil 2. Like, I don't think it's that great. Like, this game would probably not even be in my top 20 you know so that is that not a mark against that yeah but then there's yeah i mean it is sure uh, again but like it's i don't know it's like i think resident evil 2 is one of the best games this year if not the best um i haven't i can't tell you how i would feel about devotion other than it sounds really cool um if you want to fight more for devotion, like change my mind on it. But like my, I'm kind of, I don't know. I'm a bit stuck with it. Like I don't know how. But that's to how feel. I feel as well. Because like I've heard all the arguments for Resident Evil Two. I kind of disagree with most of them, but it's not. I don't think I can change your mind on it either. 
you know? Like, to me, Resident Evil 2 is, like, an okay action game. Like, I don't even... To me, it's not even a horror game because it's not frightening. I don't think it really says anything very interesting. I think it does some cool stuff. Like, it does some really genuinely interesting stuff with its mechanics. None of them, to me, are worthwhile. And it's a personal thing, but that's kind of the way I feel about it, you know? Brian, we need you to weigh in. Yeah. Yeah. Man, Devotion is a really, really upsetting game. Like, I love Asian horror. Um, you know, whether it's comic books like Junji Ito and some of the web comics out there, um, Japanese horror and South Korean horror. And Devotion is definitely the video game, the closest video game equivalent to that. Like, I played I played a little tiny bit of, like, Forbidden Siren, and there's I played Silent Hill 2, and, like, they're good Japanese horror games, and they do Asian horror pretty well, where, like, like, my favorite thing about Asian horror is that because you're not familiar with the cultural context of a lot of it, because we're Westerners, what is immediately not the not the way it should be takes a second or two for us to kind of come to terms with where like I can't think of a good example but just dash it's like we're already outsiders looking in on another outsider and that discomfort is really engaging with horror um but then with Resident Evil 2 I was thrown in with the horror but like I didn't find like 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 with Resident Evil 2 the scary bits I only the the, the only scary bits I had was just like struggling against some liquors and the early bits with Mr. X um Resident Evil 2 is like a very very good survival horror game there's a lot of ammo balancing and strategy to it Devotion is a game where you follow the trail and it breaks it up real nice. It doesn't ever feel like it overstays one puzzles or like it doesn't overstay its welcome with one of the puzzles. As soon as you kind of get to grips with the puzzle, it moves you on to the next fish. And it's a very limited game, but it uses the space very well. But then Resident Evil 2 is also limited in some places and it uses the space very well. Okay, let me change the conversation for a second. Are either Is there a chance that either of these games goes over Fire Emblem? No. Just for me, but that's because... Just for you? Yeah, but that's just because I, like I like the world and characters of Fire Emblem. So do you mean that you would put Fire Emblem first? Yeah. Yeah, same. And you would as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then this is really just a race for second place. Yeah. Yeah. Look, if like you feel very like, I think devotion is special. Like, I really do. Like your video on it was great. Like I want to play this a lot, and I think it's cultural, more culturally important than Resident Evil Two is in a lot of ways. Like what it's trying to communicate is so much stronger. Resident Evil is a very, very fun game. Like, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, but but if mean... we're going to go between the two, like, put Devotion at number two then, you know? Like, you don't like Resident Evil 2 a lot. 
Well, like, there is stuff, like, I did come around on it a certain amount, but, like, yeah, I did, I ha- I really had trouble enjoying large sections of that game. Well, then I think, like, giving, given what this is um, with our thing, like, it's Let's Fight a Boss, then I think put Resident Evil 2 at 3 and then Devotion at 2. I'm okay with that if you guys are okay with that. Yeah, I think... It's a really tough decision, and I don't think there is an easy answer to it. I hope it gets a release at some stage. I hope it gets a release at some stage, and you fucking hate it, Neve. <laughs> I don't think so. I like their all. They're like their other game. No, I, I, I think you're really. Yeah, like, I think I'd really like it. I, I think no, that's, I, I, that's I, why I think I'm you bummed will. about I think it. You will. I, I think this. I think a lot of people would like Devotion. I think a lot of people would get a get 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 an interesting perspective but that's on it. the thing like and like neve I, I i get it you know and like you do have a really valid point about its availability that real and like outside the scope of this awards mm. that really genuinely breaks my heart that people can't play it and like i'm not talking about these awards like yeah I, just in general i'm like i have never been so fucking bummed that people couldn't play a game and like you know, I I dedicated a fucking month of my life to making a video about this game. I I could have spent that month making any video about anything, and I probably would have done a lot better than a video about devotion. But I just I gave a shit that much because I love what this game is saying so much, and I think it's such an important, beautiful game. And I am heartbroken that more people can't play it. And like I know what you're saying about the availability, and it's true. Like it is whether I like it or not it is less of an experience because people can't experience it. I'm good with it at number two. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that number two and number three are more interesting than number one. <laughs> but, like, the thing with number one is that it's always going to be, like, a, a game that's just an agreement. It kind of has to be, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I really love Fire Emblem this year. Like, yeah, no, like I, I Fire do. Emblem is, it. yeah, probably like it is probably my personal game of the year as well this year. I was so pleasantly surprised by the level of nuance in that writing, and just those characters are so great that I think it's full of characters that people like, like, like the best games. People will name some of the characters in this game as their favorite characters for years to come. It's also a thing where I've seen so many people be like, "X character is my favorite character," and I'm like, "Who?" Yeah, and I yeah. mean that in a really good way. That entire cast is so strong, yeah. and that's like what thirty fucking kids to make interesting. And like, I, I have problems <laughs> with this game. Like, you know, I said about the turn-based stuff. I think it kind of looks like garbage sometimes. I also think that the fact that it is able to make me not care about that shit. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm obsessed with environmental design. The environments in this game are shitty. Yeah. They are so fucking ugly. And sometimes they're stretched. And there's this one suit of armor. And it looks like shit in like your dad's room all the time. Yeah. And it's just blown out and stretched across the screen in the weirdest way. And I hate it. But everything else about it is so good to me. Like those characters are just so great it shows, that I don't like, care. how much like... Prof- like voice performance writing and character can go like, mm-hmm. it is a game about that in a weird way it kind of touches on a lot of the shit of devotion does it um, does yeah it, it no, has it a does. message it has a yeah. story and something way more out there than i would have imagined from a nintendo game yeah um and I, I think I, it's a it's a worthy number one guys that's it 
We did it. Did we or win? did we? Maybe there's one more award we have to give out. It's the return of our five-time reigning galactic champion of hopes and dreams, Metal Gear Solid V versus Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh my god. Metal Gear Solid V has defeated Overwatch, Nier Automata, and, Smash Brothers Ultimate. and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Which is will be the Let's Fight a Boss greatest game of all time. Let's do this. It's Fire Emblem. I pick Fire Emblem over yeah, Phantom Pain. Yeah, I'm like, I, I played Phantom Pain two days ago. Then, for the first time in the five-year history of Let's Fight a Boss, we crown a brand new galactic champion of hopes and dreams. Congratulations, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Fuck. We did it. We, did we it. beat Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> <laughs> it took so it took 5 years. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my fucking god. That was in t- Are you guys exhausted? Yeah, I'm pretty tired. I might play some Fire Emblem. Jeez. Yeah, same. Yeah, I'm that's like, such I a good game. I kind of want to play it now. <laughs> oh, there you go. There, there it is right oh, there. Oh man. Yeah, cuz I'm like, oh, it's been like it's been 3 months since I last like turned it on. Oh, I could go with another storyline now. You know, like, I'm not in love with that game as you guys, but just talking about it, it's like, so yeah, f- I feel it. Like We're it's, so fond of it. It's just, I can't dispute anything about that game. And, and like, I I think all of us went in, like, I remember us talking about it when we first saw it kind of announced. We were like, that looks ugly. And kind I think of, to quote myself on it. one of the trailers, what is this Harry Potter bullshit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> game of the year. Yeah. Galactic champion of hopes and dreams. <laughs> Um, such a pleasant surprise to be honest I did not realize think I would love it as much as hell yeah and that's what yeah. it's all about right mm-hmm. um, I think that's a, that's a fucking great top 10 as well I okay. think when you look at the amount of like original IP at this top on this top 10 awesome do you want to read them out sure uh, number 10 we got Death Stranding <laughs> at number 9 A Plague Tale Innocence number 8 Gato Robato Brian, why don't you take the next three? Uh, number seven, we got Control. At number six, we got Devil May Cry 5. At number five, we have Luigi's Gaff Tree. At number four, we've got Sekiro. At number three, we have Resident Evil 2. At number two, we have Devotion. And then all number three one, of us together. All three of us together. <laughs> Fire, Fire Emblem, Emblem Tree Houses. houses. So guys, that's gonna do it for Let's Fight a Boss 2019. Um, we got a little bit of news in that the final episodes of the Shenmue Let's Play are gonna be going up on the YouTube over the next couple of days. They will. Like, one after the other, the day after this goes up, and we're gonna be finished, that'll be finished up by New Year, so please do enjoy that. And we got nothing planned for January. Nothing. We don't even know if we're gonna still podcast. Yeah. We are gonna yeah, yeah. We, it, <laughs> we need to do our predictions. Yeah, we yep. will. Um, me and Brian will be at Magfest. Give us a shout on the Discord. Hopefully, we'll see you there. Yeah. Um, if you want to have a fight, we'll we'll fight outside the hotel. Yep, no problem. Um, and lastly, you know, kind of say this every year, but just thanks to everyone for listening. Um, it's it still blows my mind we get to do this. Really, really does. And. I just want to thank 
and even Brian as well for all the shit we give each other in the podcast. These are two of my favorite people and I absolutely adore doing this podcast with them and I would not change it for the world. Oh, thank you, John. That is very kind of you. <laughs> that is very sweet. Thanks to all our patrons. All the super cuties. All the super beauty cuties. May we have another year in power. Oh, let's not. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. Uh, thanks to anyone who made it to the end of this. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, go you. And yeah. hey, have a, have a great holiday. You deserve it. Yeah. I hope you're eating so much food and you're a little drunk because yeah. that would probably make this better. <laughs> I want you to be happy and fat. Yeah. Like we are. We will always be your virtual friends. Bye, guys. We love you. We love you so much. Bye. Do you know any Chinese people? salon it doesn't look like you need a haircut just yet yeah that's right but i was thinking about changing my hairstyle
for you, James. See? I'm real. How do you know about that? Aren't you Maria? I'm not your Mary. So, you're Maria? I am. If you want me to be. All I want from you is an answer. It doesn't matter who I am. Don't you want to touch me? I don't know. Come and get me. I can't do anything through these bars. Okay. A massive Neanderthal is thawed out from the ice and resuscitated. And they name him Pickle. <laughs>